Welcome to the Ooh, the Bad and the Ugly, the Doctor Who Marathon podcast, where we uh, watch and review every single surviving episode of Doctor Who from 1963 to the present day. I'm Dominic. Hello, I'm Elliot. And, yeah, welcome. We're, today we're doing the, the the Sensor Rights, which is the seventh, sixth or seventh Doctor Who serial? Sixth. I'm sure it's the seventh. No, it's the sixth. Then we've got... Um... What's the next one? <laughs> We've got Reign of Terror after that. I'm sorry, I gotta admit, I'm Da-da. still, I'm still. It's just like the last episode, which was two days ago. I'm still absolutely exhausted mm. for the past few days, so I'm afraid I'm not going to be my usual bubbly Chirpy self. Bub- that's yeah, good because usually you're too excitable. And... Yeah, D- Dominic complained off camera um, that the previous episode. Not off camera, fuck, off microphone. Yeah. Um, off recording, he complained that in the previous episode I was a bit too robotic, mm. and he described it like academic-y, mm. and the, uh, uh, like... Really pathetic, really, really awful performance. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but the point is, he's never happy. It's either I'm too excitable and t- speak too fast and slur too much, or I'm too much of a robot. It's like, you can't... You can't have both. I think I'll just choose. never be satisfied, Elliot. That's the truth. Yeah, I know. That's the point. That is the problem. So, um... I've never seen the sensor rights before. Um, it's something I've always been interested in seeing. Mainly because uh, in the 2008 Doctor Who episode, Planet of the Ood, there's a brief mention to the sensor rights and the sensor sphere. Because the Ood sphere, the Planet of the Ood, is right next to... is in the same solar system as the sense sphere which is the planet of the sensor right so that's really the my only interest in it um but yeah it's quite a quite a quite a famous doctor episode it's doctor who serial can i just interject and say um this is actually the penultimate episode uh, serial of the first season oh my god we're nearly finished yes yeah, so we've got rain and terror after this oh which i i think well sorry uh, i this is the first rain and terror is the first one i've never seen through in its entirety oh. i got bored I'm sorry, I wasn't a fan of historicals as a kid. But what do you think of the Sensorites? Well, um, from my memory of the Sensorites, I remember I remember quite liking it. I don't remember it being the best episode ever, but I remember enjoying it. Um, it's one of those ones that's quite unmemorable. I thought it had, like, some interesting plot elements. I don't want to go into spoilers, though. But I remember kind of liking it. I have to admit, I'm not too excited about rewatching it. Uh, like it's not not something that sort of creates any. It doesn't muster any fascination within me. Okay, so that's a great way to get the audience hyped yeah, up. Yeah, I'm this, sorry for this hour long discussion about this this unmemorable serial of Doctor Who from 1964. But we're gonna have to go through a lot of the average ones, yeah. aren't we? We've got the twin dilemma coming up some some dark day. No, but that's gonna be that, okay. At least with bad episodes, you've something to talk about. Yeah. With like okay, average with... episodes, it's gonna that's gonna be. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be mind-numbingly boring. Did you see? Did you listen to the Dalek episode? Like Jesus Christ, yeah. that episode was mind-numbingly boring, and you know, we've got. I think we've said too much at this point. What about 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 the status of our podcast? So we should probably about it being cut a it mess. Here. Yeah, we should probably cut it here. No, but okay. Um, so one thing I just said was um, the previous episode was two days ago, which means we're now in two thousand nineteen. Oh yeah. Like in 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 Elliot and Dominic time. <laughs> yeah, we like, we're on a different time to the rest of the universe. Really, we're like Gallifrey. Yeah, I like to think that we're 
I like to sort of have created sort of an internal chronology within our podcast, which doesn't align in any way with you, because you're probably all hearing this about two months later. Yeah, because it takes us a while to edit these Yeah, we're, we're quite... Out. It's not even that we're busy, we're just really lazy, that's yeah, the thing. we've got lives. And, um, like, last uh, episodes... No, I mean, two episodes before now, because the last episode hasn't gone out yet at the time of recording... Um, we, we cut like 30 minutes from it mm. because there was this very large uh, rant which d- was not approved of by either about the political opinions of Terry Nation. Yeah, well, you never the audience will never hear that. They now. will never hear You've that. You've gone to the black files of the the bad and the Though ugly. Though I stand by my opinions of it, it I don't I don't want to the be black lynched. Archive. By... We've got the black archive of all the stuff that we've cut. Yeah, all the really stupid shit. All the really horrendous said. stuff we say on air that we had to cut out. Uh, the time I called myself a buff boy. Um, <laughs> that was a classic, though. I, I'm so upset with you that you cut that out. Um, the time I sung a little song. Dominic sticking his hands in the air. Why are you excited? Because we need to talk... What has happened since the last time we recorded is that it was a New Year's Day special. That's literally why I was... That was the link I was creating, by the way. That's oh, what I was leading to. that I just to. ruined. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. So don't, don't, don't think that you've created that. That was my complete You idea. haven't seen it because you don't No, really I haven't watch, seen it. You're not actually a Doctor Who fan, really. You, well, I you am. Just test got, Doctor Who. I like old Doctor <laughs> Who, but I'm not a big fan of New That's Doctor fine. Who. That's um, fine. Because it's kind of perfectly frank. Political correctness gone mad. Political correctness gone mad. No, well, no, in, in all honesty, like, that's not the reason at all. I, I didn't watch any of the Peter Capaldi stuff, really. Um, however, I do find a, it's really amusing to look at the Amazon reviews for a new series. Of we're going to go through them. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have a segment called Laugh at the Amazon People. Oh, yeah, well, not that sounds like a racist <laughs> thing, to be honest. But, um, Laugh at the primitive Amazonian natives. Yeah, as um, they get angry at Doctor Who. Um, but I, I did watch Resolution yesterday, so it had, spoiler alert, not really, it had the, the Daleks in, or rather it had one Dalek. Um, um, I still am not quite sure what to think about it, really. It was, um, so the Dalek was very, was a threat. There was only one of them, and it was a really powerful Dalek, you know, it, it killed like a hundred people. It killed people, you know. Um, so it's probably the best Dalek episode since the time of the Doctor in 2013. That episode was shit, though. I really like that one. I I, <laughs> I still stand by the only good Dalek episode in modern Who was. Oh, it's Dalek. not. That wasn't. But the thing about the time of the Doctor is that it's not a good Dalek episode. It's just I think it's a good episode. Like, the Daleks are just there in the background, really posing a generic threat. I thought it was too rushed. So the time of the Doctor is the one with the little shitty snowy village, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it kind of. Oh, we're not getting into a conversation. No, no, this is, I mean, what do you mean? I think it's an interesting discussion. I we're, meant to be talk- we're meant to be talking about A, the sense rights, and B, resolution. Let's just keep it at that. Yeah, but we're talking about Dalek comparisons in general. Whatever. This is all getting cut. Okay. Everything you say is getting cut out of the Aww. podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, but so- yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, I'm not quite sure what to think about it. I'm, gl- I'm glad that the Dalek was actually a threat, and it killed a load of people, and they actually died, and they didn't get resurrected and brought back to life with some stupid Stephen Moffat shit like that. Um, um, so that was good. Uh, it's, yeah, it's intelligent. The Dalek was intelligent as well, quite cunning. Um, yeah, it was all right. Um, I don't know. There was, can I just go, brief spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, then skip to a later bit. But, um, 
at the end of it, do you want to hear a spoiler? I don't you really don't give care. A shit. No. Um, at the, the big part of this episode, because Chris Chibnall seems to be very interested in this kind of kitchen sink Sheffield stories, really, about ordinary people in Sheffield and family drama and dyspraxia and things. It just, it doesn't really, I think Russell T. Davis did that side of Doctor Who a lot better. I, I don't know how, but he just did. It just, uh, but yeah, so a big part of resolution was um, the relationship between Ryan and his his neglect neglectful father. And at the end of the episode, do you um, sorry? Do you mean biological father? Yeah. So not Bradley not, Walsh. Not Bradley is his, Walsh. No, Bradley Walsh is his grandfather. His non his step grandfather. Wait, hang on. I le- le- it's, it's hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. So so Bradley Walsh is his step grandfather. Yeah. And the Gina was her name Gina. Yeah, Gina's his grandmother. His grandmother. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. So it's a bit. It's a bit confusing because the guy who plays Ryan Sinclair is like thirty years old. Yeah, he's meant to be playing a nineteen-year-old boy. So it's yeah, I tough. found that he was meant to be nineteen when I was looking at the Amazon page. Yeah, and, and that and surprised me a lot. The the woman who's playing Yasmin Yasmin Khan, Mandip Gill, she's thirty years old as well, and she's supposed to be playing a nineteen-year-old. They don't look nineteen, like. Rose Tyler was was like twenty something, and she was supposed to be playing like Billy Piper was twenty something, and Rose Tyler was supposed to be about nineteen. But for some reason, in, in that that first series of Doctor Who, she does look she just looks younger. I don't yeah, know. It depends on the actor, doesn't it? But what was I saying? Yeah, so it was about the relationship between Brian and his father. And at the end of the episode, uh, after they defeat the Dalek by um, literally just running towards it, and then microwaving it with a microwave oh, do you um, mean like using microwaves or was it like and they the, literal the, the they kitchen. use a microwave oven and like turn it into a weapon and then run towards the Dalek like just run towards it really fast and grab hold of it and I hate it when they do this when they grab hold of a Dalek and they and they just hold it and it's powerless like I love that I think I can uh, be honest it's like in Amber Daleks um, the first one first Dalek serial where they um, drag it onto like uh, an insulated thing to like, like I, don't, I think it was like a coat in order to stop the connection to the mm. ground. I think that's awesome. That's just yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Old Who could get away with it. I like the fact that the Daleks are sort of glass cannons in a way. Like they can deal a lot of damage, but they can't take a lot. I, I think guess I... you could say that's a part of her character after all these years. I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't because th- this this whole episode was about the Dalek like killing all these people, and you finally thought that the Daleks are powerful again and they're a threat again. But then suddenly at the end, like it wasn't an intelligent way to defeat it, like that when they put that in the Daleks, when they put that coat on the floor, and and cut the Dalek off from its static electricity, mm. that was an intelligent way to defeat it. This one was literally the Doctor ran towards a Dalek, point blank while it was shooting at her, it missed every shot and then got behind it and just held it and then burnt it with a microwave. But anyway, apart from that crappy crappy ending. Um, then later on, they, the, the doctor's trying to, uh, long story short, eject the Dalek into a, into a black hole, but it's attached. The Dalek like squid is attached attached to Graham, not Graham, Ryan's dad's back. And and he's being dragged out of the TARDIS. He's being like sucked out by the black black hole, and and I thought he was gonna die then. Ryan's dad was going to die and he's going to heroically sacrifice himself to get rid of the Dalek um, but it didn't happen and he just and he survived and the Dalek just went flew off 
but I think that would have been a better ending as well. I was like feeling the already feeling the emotions, like like oh he's he's this is, is going to be a really good ending. He's going to heroically sacrifice himself, but he doesn't, and he survives, and that was just a bit of a disappointing ending, really. Like personally, I would have preferred it if he if he died. But yeah, <laughs> so it was it had its ups and downs, really. I really don't know what to think about it. Okay, fair enough. The Dalek design was cool. It was it was a I think they learnt after after Stephen Moffat's like colourful redesign that don't mess with the the, the the Daleks too much. So it was only a very slight redesign of the Dalek, really. Um and it might not even be permanent because it was like uh, in the context of the story, the Dalek was making its own armour, so it might just be like a unique Dalek design. But anyway, yeah, it had its ups and downs. I really can't say every I, I just don't know anymore. It wasn't I understand what why people are having such a negative reaction to to, to this new series of Doctor Who. It isn't it, somehow it just doesn't have the same weight as early Stephen Moffat or Russell T Davis. I can't really put my th- finger on it. Do you think it's trying to have the same weight? I think that one of the things that I didn't so I wasn't a big fan of either Russell T Davis or Stephen Moffat, and one of the things that I thought was the reason why was because they tried to add a sort of artificial sense of gravitas I'm not sure they tried to make it seem so unreasonably important on such like a cosmic scale eventually it, it seems so forced firstly and it seemed very I don't describe it like can you give certain examples TV well it was the fact that every series ended in some like so okay okay like Every threat, the, the season finale to every series was always, like, the most strongest, baddest thing yet, yeah. okay? Like, one of the things I enjoyed about Classic Who was because a lot of the stories were very sort of self-contained. Like, though the whole Save the Planet thing did come up a lot, it was never the entire universe. It was commonly very isolated in a way. So you and like I- Doctor Who not being big and... Yeah, as I'm saying. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you've described that so much more concisely (laughs) than me. Yeah, I I feel that maybe you'd like this new series then. Yeah, no, yeah, small scale. Yeah, I I prefer the in general. Okay, in terms of TV and stories, I prefer the small scale things Mm. because after the like the hundredth Save the World plot, it's why I don't like superhero films. Right. After a hundredth Save the World plot, I just can't give a shit. Yeah, any I just don't care anymore. Mm. I prefer it to be more about. I, I, I don't know if um, the new series does this, but I kind of like stories to be more about the characters and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, well, you might you might like the new series then, because it's very much more Yeah, but at the same time, I also like my stories not to be bad. And yeah. I saw the first episode. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much... I don't know, but even like I like kitchen sink stuff as well. I liked when Russell T Davis. Like, I love that phrase, by the way. I've never heard that kitchen before. Kitchen sink. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. yeah, that's what it means when they just focus on ordinary working class. Oh people. no, I have heard of kitchen sink. Yeah. I I, I think I've heard it once in a lecture. Mm-hmm. I think it was discussed, like like the term was used. Yeah. So so I liked it when Russell T Davis in that first in that first in the two thousand and five series, you know, because there wasn't really any like sci-fi on the TV back then, like Saturday night sci-fi. So they were trying to compete with like Hollyoaks and things, and try and make it a bit kitchen sink, you know. So yeah. Uh, yeah, like that, I love it how it's all set in the set in a council estate, and like half the stories, like how Rose's mother is dealing with the situation and her relationship with Mickey. But for some reason, I'm more interested in that 
they're far more interested in that than Ryan Sinclair's dyspraxia or or Ryan's relationship with his dad. And I can't. I don't know why. Why is it like I can't. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm more interested in Russell T Davis. Okay, can I be hundred percent honest? So I've already said just now I yeah. wasn't the a biggest fan of Rusty Davis's era. Yeah. Rose Tyler was the best Doctor Who companion of the entire series. Mm. She was so well developed, and that's because they spent so much time on her. Okay, mm. and I don't think before or since they've done a character with so much. She was the depth. first one, wasn't she? Well, of the new series, yeah. yeah but exactly. even prior to that, even in like classic Who. What really? The entire no, series. Yeah, the entire series, the entire fifties. No companion was as good as her and I genuinely stand by that no one was as well developed you, you never get to meet a companion's family or understand their motivations it was so interesting and it was so well done and I think that they should try and do something like that again that's what I expected from the um, Chibnall era I expected a fresh introduction with fresh characters and that sort of wasn't delivered on and I was, that's why I was quite disappointed by the first episode so much so I didn't really want to watch the rest of the series I wanted them to do, like... Uh, yeah, with the... I think the sort of Rose Tyler dynamic worked because she was being introduced to the sort of sci-fi concepts along with mm. the audience who were sort of getting into the show for the first time. Mm. And I think that... Yeah, like... Yeah, that, I do understand what you mean. She she was their lens, like, to view it through. And they sort of... She she in, she interacted with the world in the same way they would have, so she was really empathizable. Empathizable, sorry. Mm. I do understand what you mean. I, I I can't really place my finger on it. Like, obviously, it did reintroduce the Doctor and said, this is the TARDIS, this is the Doctor. They ain't going to travel in time and space now. But it was, well, it there was something missing it that wasn't... you had with Rose Tyler. Rose, Rose, that first episode, that's like... Ex- that whole episode is just dedicated to the excitement of, like, who is the Doctor, like, what is it? There's a lot of mystery around it. Now, I remember this really interesting... So, um, when the new series launched, okay, like, yeah. the new Who, mm. I was so excited as a kid. Yeah. Like, I was, like, really, really excited. I remember all my family were, like, my extended family were at my, like, grandmother's house. Mm. And I was like, we've got to watch Doctor Who, we've got to watch Doctor no, Who. Because... That's weird, because I think I first watched Doctor Who at my nana's house. Yeah, anyway. What is it with grandparents and introducing children to Doctor Who? <laughs> but, but... I was so excited, but I was actually really disappointed with it, I remember. <laughs> no, 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 no. How old are you? How old what? are you? You're younger than me. <laughs> I was me. seven. Seven years old. No, I wasn't younger than you. You might have been six, to be honest. What do you mean? I was, I, I'm when born, were you born? 1998. What's your, What's your birthday? 17th of August. Well, yeah. I'm not going to tell you... You would have been six. You would have been six. Oh, okay, yeah, I was six then. <laughs> That's even younger. I'm not going to tell you my mother's maiden name, you know, <laughs> hack into my account. But, um, yeah, so... I was really disappointed, and because I felt that it it covered too much old ground. Okay, was what I viewed as half the episode Fuck was spent you. introducing the Doctor. Okay, Fuck you. no, but <laughs> no, no. I'm imagining you as like this little six year old critic wearing glasses and smoking a pipe, just like. And when your mother said, "Well, what do you think of that little Elliot?" You say, "Well, I, I think, that, <laughs> frankly, mother, I think it covered too much old ground." <laughs> no, but um, no, but I I've sort of come to reevaluate it, where now I consider it one of the best episodes of New Who, mm. purely because it offers a really thorough introduction mm. of the concept to a new audience. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so good. Yeah. But it's very interesting how I've sort of, that, my opinion on that, sort of completely flipped. You know? I like the 11th hour as well. I think that episode was pretty terrible. But the mm. terrible I watched it villain. again recently, though, and I really liked it. I didn't think much of it the first time I watched it when I was a kid. But when I watched it again, I was like, this is really good. I'm not going to watch it again because I... 
We will watch it again. Oh, when we're shit. 40 years old and we get to that point in the podcast, then we will watch the 11th hour. No. Anyways, so, yeah. I think Rose beats the 11th hour purely because... Um, I probably agree with you, but I mean, I like the 11th hour too, is all I was saying. I like the re- reintroduction of the uh, Autons. I thought that was cool. I, I thought, mm. even though... It sort of retread our ground quite a lot. It had something for the old audience. I thought that was a very yeah. clever way to, yeah. you know, that was a very sort of comfortably let How them slip. How did it retread old ground? By reintroducing the Doctor for the first, like, 40 minutes of the episode. Most of that episode is reintroducing the Doctor. Yeah, that's good, though, because you need to reintroduce it to Yeah, I've audience. said that. It's literally what I said. I hated oh, it as right, a kid. because when you say, when you... Oh, right. Okay. Because I had the knowledge. I'd already oh, yeah, watched loads of Doctor Who. Super Doctor Who. Yeah. But then I, I realise now it's for a very... For me, I don't think I watched Doctor Who before that. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. So you probably enjoyed it a lot I, more. I was super excited. Like, oh, is the Doctor? And I'm, this is so exciting. Yeah, I know exactly. You know, I get you. I, hun- yeah. I 100% agree with you. And that's what I, why I think and I, yeah. Jody, so the Jodie Whittaker era was going to be that reintroduction. It was going to be a fresh start. Yeah. It really advertised itself as a fresh start. And it, that... was, it has been in a lot of respect. No, but it didn't do the big introduction episode, which is what the first episode should have been. First episode should have allowed you. There's a reason you don't give a fuck about uh, what's his name's dyspraxia, and that's because you barely got to know him before he's thrust into a monster You're thing. Right, because I saw. Have Rose. twenty minutes of getting to know him first, and then introduce it. You're right, because I uh, in the in Rose you see Rose's life. family. Yeah, it's not just it doesn't you see Rose's her... bland and ordinary life at a shopping centre, and the doctors appear, and you see it from her point of view. Yeah, exactly. Her important isn't sort of bestowed on her by the Doctor. She's has given an importance prior to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I don't know. Uh, you might be right. I don't know. That's, 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 that's what I'm saying. That's your theory, anyway. About what? There is... A, that's about why we don't give a shit. Because yeah. we, we don't. Uh, collectively, as Doctor Who fans, like, I, I don't, don't hate, haven't hated this series. I mean, I didn't like it that much either, but I, I just don't give a shit about it, really. I can't really place it. I don't think it's political correctness gone mad. Or that the Doctor's a woman... Um, I will say this about the Doctor being a woman, though. Okay. Oh, we can cut this out if it's too politically. No, it's fine. Go, go ahead. But the, the, she doesn't have the same power as like Peter Capaldi, like in her voice. Like she tried to do in in Resolution, she tried to do um. She was tried to do that that moment that all Doctors have that, like so you are the, I am the Doctor, you are the Daleks. You know, I will defeat you. That kind of speech, mm-hmm. that epilogue moment. Um, and it just didn't have the same effect. I think, and I don't think that's just because she's a woman. Like, if you got fucking Helen Mirren doing that, it would have worked. But I think also her character is very—it's like Matt Smith's Doctor, the Eleventh Doctor, except Matt Smith's Doctor also had like the dark character within. Like Matt Smith's Doctor, he was—he was like a clown most of the time, but then he could also be very dark and powerful. Jodie Whittaker is like Matt, like Matt Smith's Doctor, but without the dark, powerful bit inside. I, I still think that a doctor doesn't need to do those. I, I don't think it, he, know, they no, need I to have that mm. sense of sort of a power speech. Because that's kind of a new invention. Like, that wasn't something that was very... Are you, we've been watching so many William Hartnell episodes and he goes on little uh, epilogues. William Hartnell has had so many powerful moments. Yeah, but they're not like... They, they, they're powerful moments and he does good speeches, but they're not like as confrontational. As the modern series. Well, I feel that... he haven't developed enemies yet. He's meeting everyone for the first time. He doesn't know them. I sort of, okay, I'll kind of give you that. But yeah. at the same time, it seems that every single villain he's up against now, he... Um, well, does. he's built a legacy around himself. And I know what you mean. I got a little sick of, like, the Doctor being this godlike figure. I think Stephen Moffat took it to- too far. 
So it's been refreshing that the Doctor hasn't been this all-powerful figure, but still, I don't know. She's not very. She's not. She's not very. She has. She's, you're not really scared of her. Like my my dad put it like this. Like when he, he grew up watching Tom Baker, and he said like you know he really respected Tom Baker when he was a boy, but he was also kind of scared of him. As you would be by Tom Baker. Tom Baker's an alcoholic who would probably glass you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He gave him a wrong yeah, look. deep, booming voice. And he was kind of scary and eccentric, like a crack addict or something. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, like they, something you find in an alley. A, 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 like, have you seen With Nell and I? Sorry, like, did you... What with, was with Nell and I? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? It's a film. With like, Nell like, and about, 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 like, these drunk actors. But anyway, like, Tom Baker was kind of like... You can kind of imagine, like, this failed actor... They found on the street, and he's high on crack, and they brought him in every weekend to film the Doctor episode. That's like I'm trying to get across his like bombasticity, his bombasticness. Like, mm. my, yeah, my dad said like he respected the Doctor, but he was also kind of scared of him. He was a powerful figure, um, and I, I I like that. I think that's he's supposed to be an alien. That's something is kind of scary about him being an alien. Like a like two thousand year old alien, that should be kind of scary. Yeah, I think a lot of this has to do with. Um, with how Stephen Moffat wrote out the Time War in the Day of the Doctor and made it so that the Doctor never committed genocide, um, yeah. because as soon uh, as soon after after that happens, I mean I don't think the Doctor's ever been quite the same after that. I think he has lost a lot of his mystery and darkness. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. I, Can we go over? Because we've been talking about this quite a long time. I was going to ask you one last question. Sorry. Yeah. So. Do you think that it offered a satisfying resolution to the series? It wasn't supposed to be a resolution. Oh, why is it called resolution then? Because it's a fucking joke by Chris Chibnall. New it. Year's resolution. I get that part, but I still thought there would be at least. A well, base. the resolution is that he makes up with his Ryan makes up with his dad. I guess that's kind of a resolution. But really, the end of the Battle of Ranscore Av Kolos, and and even before that, it takes you away. They kind of finish the character arcs really but um shall we go because um, you know I, I've we've criticised this series a bit and I, I'm not that ma- I don't it's not been that great a series I preferred Stephen Moffat's last series but the the I'm I think I'd like to think I'm criticising this uh, both of us are criticising this series intelligently I don't I think that's a stretch to be honest <laughs> well, there we are we're, we're more flinging shit at it to be honest yeah but not like some people out there there are people below us that's why we should go through such as who such as Elliot, the people we found on Amazon. All right, let's. The Amazon gonna... reviews of Doctor Who series, this latest series. Now I feel this is going to be a quite a long one. It's going to be a special, yeah. special end of, end, end of series one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm going to get the Amazon reviews up. I'm going to go through some of the top ones and see yeah. what people think. And yeah. I'm going to we're going to just discuss them, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so don't interrupt me, can? Fuck off. These are the, these 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 are Doctor Who reviews of the new Doctor Who series we found on Amazon. So we're just going to read them out now. So we're going to go from uh, most popular to just going downwards a few. We won't do too many. But yeah, I think... well, we can and we can just talk. We can say as many yeah. as we like. Yeah. So yeah, Dominic's going to read the first one. This is by Garfy Garfy. A very very interesting name. And he rated it one out of five stars. All of these, frankly, are going to be most one of them. Out of five stars. Most of the reviews of this new series. Are one out of five stars. Oh, actually, sorry. There's one above Garfy Garfy. Do you want to read Garfy Garfy's one? Because I've got something good to say about it, and then I'll do the one above it. Okay. So this one is entitled 
Why don't buy? The new series 11 is like X-Files, the end of Doctor Who, and then there's a little sicky green emoticon. I am a really big fan. I buy all about Doctor Who since years. DVD, Blu-rays, CD, video games, pins, cards. Pins? What the fuck is he buying? So I saw the height first episodes. Jodie Whittaker is really not a good actress in Doctor Who. The best actors of the new team are Tosin Cole and Bradley Walsh. The men. Once again, <laughs> once again, the men are showing how it's done. Stories are boring, except episode three, Rosa Parks. A good story. All the others are awful. What a pity. Now it looks like X-Files. I think I'll stop my Doctor Who collection. Brackets, I began with William Hartnell. That's how you know he's a big fan. Yeah, he's an uber fan. So this is the worst series of all Doctor Who history. I hope a new Doctor and new writers. The TARDIS is no more blue, but green blue? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the TARDIS is still blue. I'm and pretty, is that a, is that a serious sure. criticism? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they haven't changed the TARDIS colour. And even if they had, I don't think it would be that bad. He needs to g- <laughs> About the stories, everybody is disappointed. This is the end, my friends. What a pity. They killed Doctor Who and I won't forgive. I hope they will stop after ten episodes, kill the Doctor, and gave us a new Doctor and other writers and directors. Also, they introduce politic. It's not good. Half the part of the fan is of course disappointed, with heavy critics of Trump. He is not like episode four shows. Also, green power stories and all this kind of things. Interesting, maybe, but this is not Doctor Who. So, first, I want to give Garfi Garfi a clap, okay? Because we're basically heckling him. Uh, look, 109 people found this helpful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't people call, I wouldn't, like that. I wouldn't refer to them as people. I'm just going to be honest. So, my first point with this is, okay, I, I'm not going to be like a grammar Nazi, but like, it comes across as a bit unhinged, okay? Like, I'd, I'd be scared of meeting this guy in an alley, just in case he cut me, okay? But most importantly, so he complains that... He 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 throws some really weird complaints out there, so just comparing it to the X-Files, which is, like, the best sci-fi show of the last, like, two decades. Like, legitimately, it's fantastic. But he complains about the political correctness, or they introduce politic, I'm going to quote yeah. him. But he says that... Stories are boring, except episode three, Rosa Parks. A good story. Surely that's the most political one. Yeah, that was. Why is he... So, so what is his issue then? Like... His issue is that... Look, here it is. With heavy critics of Trump, he is not like episode four shows. He's what saying, happens in episode four? It just shows like a Trump caricature. It's not really related to the story. He's just like there in the background for some reason, like Chris Chibnall thought... I'm gonna put a Trump caricature in my in my Doctor Who, and he put him in there, but he has no relation to the but story. But surely, if it's not like a really big thing, why would you care? Like, I don't know. I he's not like episode four shows. He's like this isn't. Is this? He must be a Trump supporter. This guy. Yeah. Quite evidently, you can sort of tell. It's okay <laughs> with politics as long as it's you know his own politics. Yeah, if he was a really positive depiction of Donald Trump. Do you, have any, do you have any more to say about that? I think we've, we've covered it all. I think we've covered it all as we went along to be honest. Now, well done, Mr. Garfield. Can I, can I, I feel that we've missed, so we've missed one, that was the second most popular. But if the creme to the creme now. This is okay. the most popular review okay, of, is, of the Doctor Who DVD box set on Amazon. This is Mrs. Dieter D. Hadley. Mrs. Dieter D. Hadley. What a load of total, no, hang on, got it wrong. What a total load of rubbish. Jodie Whittaker can't act. Chris Chibnall can't write. Too much political correctness in this show. Time Lords can't change gender. Technically change sex. 
as John Pertwee said to one of his assistants, avoid like the plane. Plague. Plague. I will stick to classic Who, where the stories are more believable, and so should you. Now, we haven't got to our main feature yet, but as soon as you watch the Censorites, you will know that the classic stories were not more believable. Yeah. Okay. Now, again... I didn't like the new series, alright, but I think if you're going to, I mean, the one I saw, but I, I think if you're going to criticise the show for absurdity, it's sort of really stupid to compare it to the old stuff. Out of everything in Doctor Who, don't compare it to the classic series. Yeah, <laughs> I know, it, it doesn't, it, well. I love how she used as evidence against why Time why um, time Lords shouldn't change gender. Is she mentions John Pertwee mentioned it to one of his assistants in probably about nineteen seventy three. Is like that true? Old, firstly, it might be, but like like John, forty years ago, John Pertwee just like said offhand to one of his assistants, like, "Oh, Time Lords can't change gender. I can't do his, what's his, what does he sound like? He sounds I'm John Pertwee. That's not right yeah, at all. Oh fuck it! I, I have to work my John Pertwee impression. But he just like offhandedly said to one of his assistants, oh, yeah, Time Lords can't change gender. Well, and that, that's se- it. Sex, that, and it's though. canon." It's canon after that. After John Pertwee says it to his assistant in 1973, you cannot change it. It's canon. Yeah. I think with the, the amount of, like, canon-breaking Doctor Who's done, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? This is a rather minor discrepancy. I think we were watching the Aztecs, though, and um, Susan's confused that um, that the Aztecs believe that Barbara is the incarnation of a male priest, the reincarnation of a male priest, and, so it's like, and she asks, how can you be a reincarnation of the priest because the priest was a man? She actually said that, yeah. so you could use that. That would be a better argument, but not something John Pertwee said to his assistant in 1973. Yeah, but I have to admit... 140 people found this review helpful, Elliot, so I think we're outnumbered on this <laughs> Yeah, one. I know, we're outnumbered. So do you want to go for the infamous Matthews? Matthew, sorry. His name is just Matthew. He doesn't need no, no, no second name. Yeah, now this Matthews. one, okay... This is a big so one. It's, it's like War and Peace. It's a fucking novel. It's a masterpiece. And it's like War and Peace. It's also got a title like that. It's Boring and Bland. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not, Boring and Bland. Not, not War and Peace, Boring and Bland. Okay. Okay. Um, what voice should I do for this? I, what, do you, what do you imagine him sounding like? Uh, I never thought I should say that about <laughs> Doctor Who. Never thought I would say that about Doctor Who. A show which used to inspire creative minds and have kids hiding behind the sofa is now cramped with social justice, politicisation, poor dialogue, weak character development, and an overall lack of excitement. Instead of preferring to just have the characters explain every aspect, as if the audience are preschoolers. Can I say something? A lot of the audience are. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to... Okay, <laughs> my mum, she works in a school, she works at receptioners, and she remembered um, talking to the kids about Doctor Who and how scary some of the monsters were for, like, Series 4 of Russell T. Davis's thing. Hmm. So it's not, like, a new thing that kids watch Doctor Who a lot. What the fuck are you talking about? Of course, it's a fucking family show. Yeah, I, I know, show. I know, I know, okay. They're the main target yeah, yeah, audience. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, but I think with a family show, you're still assuming the audience are probably about, like, eight or something. But no, these kids are getting fucking small, okay? Yeah. And that's fine, okay? It's it's a very open show. It's sort of like... Sarah Jane Adventures anymore. Yeah. And Sarah Jane Adventures would be there to... To, to ease them in. It's, it's, in. Like, it's, like, um, it's like the entry drug of... Uh, yeah. It's like marijuana. Hey, can I can I work? I worked something out today. Okay. Yeah. You know it's called Mary Jane. It's yeah. Because it's like Mary Jane one. Jane. What? Because you know, Mary Jane is like a euphemism for weed. Yeah. For, for yeah. pot. Yes. For, for the old Kush. For yes. the devil's lettuce. Okay. <laughs> um. It's because it's Mary. Jane. Is that an actual etymology? Presumably, why? 
Marijuana. Presumably that's why. Marijuana. And I just worked that out today. I was like sitting. It might be. Maybe. Um, let's carry on. I'm not going to bother with the voice anymore because it would make my throat hurt. The actors and actresses range from mildly invested to simply not even trying. The main actress is solely trying to replicate the actions of Matt Smith. That's a valid criticism. Uh, however, fails in every regard to create a unique or interesting interpretation of the character in question. The CGI slash cinematography varies in quality, which would be acceptable if the episodes had strong writing. However, they do not. Spoilers follow. The most notable example of this is in the episodes Arachnids in the UK, where the characters try to pretend that letting spiders starve or suffocate to death is better than a mercy killing. The character we are meant to hate in this episode, who is an allegory for Donald Trump, it always comes back to this Donald Trump. He's a very minor people character. Are, people are very, very angry. Yeah. People are very angry that, 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 that Donald Trump is It wasn't even that bad of a, like, a, of a, like, a caricature, really. Like, he was... I mean, he was a bad character, but he wasn't a bad man. But he wasn't, like... They didn't do the whole orange face and, like, big, big hands thing. I have to admit, okay, okay... So I, I really don't like it when people do the whole orange face, blonde hair thing, okay? Yeah. It really bothers me because he's such an irredeemably fucking stupid cunt, I think, that sort of stooping to do the orange face insults, it just seems to be kind of stupid when there are bigger fish to fry about yeah. him, you know what I mean? Yeah. They focus on the actual criticism of the, like, his policies and mm. how much of a fucking retard There are, like, so many uh, Donald Trump impersonators who might who are, like, in work now, though, you know. Like, yeah, I know, but it's such... There's so many on TV. But it's such a low blow. Like, go for the big things. Don't <laughs> there was one stoop. on There was one on Jules Holland's uh, New Year party thing. It's just another, another. They got another Donald Trump impersonator out of the woodwork. Like there are so many of them. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, think, I think that's what my dad's doing these days. He's, like, <laughs> he's finished cleaning toilets. I think he's a Donald Trump impersonator. Dude, that's that's but, how you gotta go. But um, yeah. So, uh, who is an allegory for Donald Trump? Is surprisingly the only one who seems to understand that putting down a suffering creature is better than just letting them go on in agony, knowing that they are going to die in a horrible way. To be honest, Elliot. I think this is actually a good. This is a good criticism. This thing. Okay, I haven't this seen the episode, one. but I would agree that it, it's. I would agree. So I, I would agree it's morally acceptable to euthanize a creature. Personally, yeah. that's me. And I, I thought that when I was watching. Right, I haven't seen the episode, so if that's the case, then yeah, that's. Fine. I was totally. talking about this when we reviewed the Aztecs. Like, where does this come from? That the Doctor is a hundred percent against killing, like completely yeah. against it. Like, completely... William Hartnell was fine with it, like in self-defense and things like that. Mm. It just seems like something. It seems like Chris Chibnall's own moral opinion. It's very. It's too, I think the doctor's a bit too clean. To yeah. Like, to to so so I'm I'm not like against like morally virtuous characters, but I think that if some, it's kind of bland when someone is. So this is what I was saying. This pure. is what I was saying um, about the time war and things. Stephen Moffat writing that out. Um, Jodie Whittaker does have has none of that. Has none of the moral grey area, mm. and she had none of the power that comes with that. Is there anything else in that review? Also, sorry, one thing. One thing I think about the whole virtuous thing. It makes I know he's an alien, yeah. but it, it makes him less human and empathizable. Does that make mm. sense? I think you need a level of like alienness. No, you need a level of hum. It, taking away or making them completely perfect sort of takes away that humanity that mm. makes them likable. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Anyway. The, the, yeah okay right this, I, I like this guy's name that was a good review though actually yeah, yeah. okay that came actually, on here to make fun of stupid yeah reviews that wasn't the worst series. one okay I agree with pretty much everything on there apart from apart from the social justice politicization gold stuff. star slap good job Matthew yeah um, apart from that though next we've got Scott to be kidding which I like his name hmm. uh, his review a huge disappointment the show under Chris Chibnall is very poor the acting isn't the acting 
sorry, the fault isn't the acting, although they could lose one of the TARDIS companions and no one would notice. It's the lack of monsters and the poor scripts. The show looks great, but it's so dull. Each episode is a slog to watch. I know every showrunner likes to put their stamp on the show, but Chibnall sucked all the fun out of the show. Where are the monsters? Where's the excitement? I do hope they make major improvements to Series 12. They could start by getting some decent writers, but as long as Chibnall was in charge, I don't see much chance of that. Okay, this is another interesting comment, actually. Um, Another thing I like, um, what I was kind of worried about with this new series before it started, is that, is that I, I grew up in the Russell T. Davis era, and the Russell T. Davis series were very influenced by the Tom Baker years, because that's when Russell T. Davis grew up. That was when that generation grew up in. So it's very much based around the monster, and the Stephen Moffat was based around the monster as well. Stephen Moffat was very good at crafting monsters, and I so I like the whole sci-fi horror. I think Doctor Who is at its best when it's a sci-fi horror for children, basically, um, like with you know Autons and gas mask zombies and you know uh, Slitheen or whatever. But um, so I, I I was worried from the start that this series would be a little too clean. Like, the Doctor doesn't, as you just said, the Doctor doesn't have any moral ambiguity. And, yeah, there weren't very many monsters, like, scary monsters, really. The witches were good. That's the only one I can really think of. Like, I wasn't scared of Tim Shaw with this guy with, like, teeth in that face. face right? Yeah, he's a bit pathetic, to be honest. Um, they keep make, You can't be scared of him when you keep making fun of him. And, like, in every scene he's in, they mock him and call him Tim Shaw. That's not doesn't make him scary. Mm. He looked like something from the Sarah Jane adventures. Like really low budget. That, that's a good that's another good comment to be honest. I agree with that. Yeah, I got that one isn't that one isn't too bad. Like yeah, that I got that's completely fair. I think like, we're seeing a good representation here because not like obviously a lot of this a lot of the criticism that has gone towards the series has been misdirected, I would say, about you know about social justice and politicization. Mm. I think that's misdirected. But then there's there is something wrong with this. I just think people are just scrambling to figure out what it is, and a lot of them are getting it wrong. But I think, like that comment there, a lot of them are getting it right. We're just trying to. We're trying to. It's in like an autopsy. We're trying to think. Think about what what's gone wrong with this series. No, basically the whole Amazon review section is like a big car wreck, and we're sort <laughs> of going through the wreckage and pulling out the survivors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so the next one is Smith. Says so contrived and silly. Apart from the contrived sex change for the main character, it's not really contrived though, is it? It's like it was in it was it has been I, to be honest Stephen it has been like gradually seeded out yeah over exactly years. it's not good I knew I'd that, say... I knew for a fact the next Doctor would be a woman when they made the Master a woman I knew that was a preliminary yeah that was in twenty fourteen testing the waters that was four years ago but no I would say the the original regeneration idea is contrived yeah to, that was extremely any... contrived when you watch it when you watch the Power of the Daleks which is Patrick Troughton's first episode they barely explain it they just say. Patrick Chan just like oh the TARDIS makes me younger and then they just accept it and then it's never mentioned again really talking about Patrick Chan uh, I'll, I'll read it again but I'm going to make a point about him in a sec apart from the contrived sex change for the main character and the silly attempt at diversity amongst the companions the stories have so far been tripe and the Jodie character is like an overly eager sc- primary an over eager primary school teacher have you seen Patrick Chan he acts just as childlike his like persona is a sort of uh, naive, angry man. That's why he's so likable. I know, and the same could be said of Matt Smith. But as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, at least those two characters had dark sides and had powerful sides to them. Jodie Whittaker is like them, but just without the darker sides and the powerful sides. Well, I don't think that dark like side was exhibited in the first series of 
like Patrick Tran. It, it was. I, I as power, the power of the Daleks. He's a really creepy character in that. I am. You're right. Yeah, he I haven't seen that one for years. Okay, fair enough. Um, apart from that, um, silly attempt at, attempt at diversity amongst the companions. Um, well, two like, of them are related. How is that silly? Two like, two what? Two of them aren't related. Okay, what do you mean? They're, they're not I mean, biologically Graham, related, but Graham they're sort and of Ryan. familiarly and like connected. One, that doesn't really make sense with regards to diversity because one of them's white. So yeah, exactly. Well, okay. What do you mean? Okay, by four times diversity, we've got a black person and a like Middle Eastern person, right? Yeah. Okay, a black person, a Middle Eastern person. So it's not. I, I it's did... not like they've got like a full range. Like it's just two people who are not white. Um, I don't see this, that as contrived. There's this re- re- Doctor Who reviewer on YouTube. He's called Mr. Tardis. I've been following him you've for mentioned, years. You've been masturbating. You've been wanking him off for every I'm episode. I'm a big fanboy. I've literally been following him for years. Hopefully he'll notice me. Hopefully Senpai will notice me. <laughs> but um, he made this parody video of criticism, bad criticism of the new series. And it was like, it was just reconfigured for the, for the 2005 series. So, like, he was repeating all the same arguments, but directing them at the 2005 series. So people are like, so he was like saying, who is this Mickey Smith character? There's Why Why is there so much diversity in this series? It of is Doctor true. Who? Like, it just seems, I just don't get it. It, it. I just, it just doesn't, I don't understand it. Doesn't it doesn't really occur to me that much. Like, when I, I don't really think of, like, I don't really, yeah, so like, so there are different ethnicities, so what? It doesn't really occur occur to me I don't really understand what the what the problem is but um I, I've made an article about this on my blog about why I, I do think of like ethnic well not ethnic but like and I understand why people have a problem with it because they kind of if they're white they they might feel like like it's again like a measure against them somehow but I do think it's important to show kind of diversity in the way people look on screen because western media is very very uh, big in the world and I don't know you get you get children in like Nigeria who all they have are white dolls when they're growing up and they want to bleach their skin and like straighten their hair so I do think there are valid political reasons behind that but that's like a, that's an argument I'm willing to have with with people and they might disagree with it but there's no evidence anyway that these people were chosen because they were black or because they were because they were a Middle Eastern yeah. So. Yeah, I can't really sum it up. I, was, I, if I, I can't say my opinion because I should be repeating what you've basically yeah, yeah. said. Like, I, I do think that is, uh, it's kind of sick the influence sort of the Western world has had in other places yeah. in the sense that beauty is kind of based around the white image. Yeah. And it, it's quite horrific. And I, I do think like the way like people who support diversity in the media, sometimes they carry out really heavy-handedly. Like, yeah, I that, agree. Yeah. Those people who who say like. What was the, what's the, listen, there's that saying like no more pale male and stale like no yeah okay. <laughs> like that that's just a bit like you know if you're gonna say that, that's a bit racist in itself like you just be very gentle about the whole thing and say like it's fine if something's got a load of white people in but it's also good if it's got a load of like other ethnic- ethnicities in as well just because you're tr- you're trying to appeal to the whole world I guess but it's it's a, it's a complicated issue but I, one last thing though though I agree with you. I don't even think this is an attempt to do that. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I, know. I just think they just happened to include two people who aren't white in it, and now everyone's attributing it to some sort of moral crusade when it, they might have just wanted to have two characters that weren't white. Like, um, well, actually, I think I think with regards to Ryan, 
uh, because he's back and neatly sort of fits in with the Rosa story. Yeah. Um, but that's fine because that's like. And also, the, isn't the one in Punjab? Punjab. Yeah, and the oh yeah, so that so there is a reason behind it because they both yeah. with it. but they're good stories and they're yeah. like people I need. Think... They were good stories. People need to know about racism and about the partition of India. They're good subjects. Yeah, I think firstly they're really interesting subjects. They're okay. Really interesting subjects. And also, okay, it's a really good idea to tie in stories with the sort of yeah. uh, sort of the, the, the episodes with the characters. I think that's very smart. Like. But then we just kind of proved it. We just proved it's not for the sake of diversity. Yeah. It's because there's, they there's... had these two stories and they wanted to link them to the main yeah, part that of makes the sense. series. So we just proved it. That it's not to do with diversity, really. Well, fuck so you, Smith. So Smith um, <laughs> is going to get the banhammer. Yeah, he's getting the banhammer. He's off. So, Tim Kemp. This isn't Doctor Who. It's Quantum Leap. By Quantum Leap, as this is basically what the short run is about. It's only ten episodes, so why waste your money? No longer a family drama. It wasn't really a drama ever, was it? It, it seems like Quantum, Quantum Leap's a fun show. What's the problem with that? I like Quantum Leap. But yeah. anyway, changing people's sex as if it was nothing when there is people who genuinely feel trapped in the wrong body. It's thoughtless and cruel. I, I just know I think that's a really... I don't, I don't think it's compared... There was never any d- direct, you know, comparison to transsexualism or, like, you know, or transitioning. Were there? Was there? I don't remember any in the first episode, at least. It just seems that that wasn't their intent at all. It wasn't meant to be an allegory. It wasn't meant to sort of brag about how easy changing one's gender is. Sorry, sex is. Um, um, Stephen Moffat did do a bit of that, to be honest. Who? In his, Stephen, in, his, in, the, in Peter Capaldi's last series, Peter Capaldi, Capaldi says, the ti- Time Lords are way ahead of humans and your rules on sex and gender. He says that. Yeah, but but what was that about? Because that might not have been about changing. That might well, have been about then social perception. Peter Cody was talking about he was he like can't remember. Well, he's thinking back to when he was a kid, and he can't remember if he was a boy or a girl. That's what it was about. Yeah, but he's saying that the social perception is different. Then does that make sense? Well, this guy's. I don't really see how it's called to show an alien changing their bodies. No, but he's saying it's a it's a comparison, and it's sort of. Undermines the difficulty of changing. It's not. It's not. Sex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, on that question, it's. it's yeah. Not. It doesn't seem to be doing that. There's no. There's no. They. They do. There's. Yeah. They just don't really draw much attention to it. To be yeah, honest. Yeah. Exactly, that's my point. If it wasn't dwelled on, the whole series. I, it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean. It wasn't the theme of the series. The yeah, doctor yeah. doesn't like. Just, there's no moment. There's like the doctor doesn't go through a crisis. Of, yeah. Like, he doesn't uh, look at the camera crisis. and go, "Changing your sex is easy, you pussy." But um. Um, the acting is appalling, and all the music blasting, it's very difficult to watch without subtitles on. That's probably might have been a problem with sound balancing, I don't know, mm-hmm. that's a fair one. Um, if you want escapism, but the original series, loads of material there, and will not be as dated as this one will be in a few months' time. You stupid retard, what the fuck is that statement? As it is so politically... He's stating that the old series is not as dated as the new series will be in a few months' time. Have you watched for Sensorites? Have you seen those costumes? Is he referring to Quantum Leap, though? No, he's referring to the new series. It's like... Sorry. Few at a time. It's so politically heavy, it's a bit like watching an old episode of Drop the Dead Donkey or Have I Got News For You. Firstly, I actually think the Have I Got News For You joke is actually pretty funny. Like, that, that's true. Because I've gone back to watch old episodes of Have I Got News For You, mm. and it's very, very hard to empathise. So that, yeah, but apart yeah, from that... political humour gets dated easily. Yeah. So we'll do a few more. But this isn't as I, but this series really has barely been political. Apart from that one Donald Trump guy that 
Chris Chibnall just fucking inserted in there got no relevance to the story. Apart from that, like it was a, it was a really half-assed attempt at parodying Donald Trump. Apart from that, it's not been a very political series at all. Yeah. Anyway, so do you want to do the next one? Okay, this is by KG Bailey. Sounds like an academic, don't Actually, you think? Actually, do you want to read one? I'm going to get a glass of water, but you keep oh, on reading. No, no, keep on reading. And then I'll probably jump back in so this is KG Bailey sounds like an academic KG Bailey uh, his reviews one star depressingly bad to be honest I wasn't keen on the idea of a female Doctor Who but I watched anyway as I thought Matt Smith didn't look very promising when he was cast and how wrong was I on that occasion he soon became one of my favourite doctors however in Jodie Whittaker's case I was sorely disappointed series 11 has been awful so far only up to episode 8 at the time of writing. The stories are weak, loaded with heavy-handed political propaganda, and the casting has been terrible, with some notable exceptions, Bradley Walsh, Art Malik. Worst of all, Jodie W. can't carry the role. She's entirely unconvincing as the Doctor. I've been watching the series since the early 1970s, but alas, I think this is the end. Or should I say, the end was series 10 of New Who. Series 11 just isn't Doctor Who. It's awful. Do you want to swap seats? Because I think the audience will be confused if we're sitting in the wrong seats. Yeah. Even though they can't see us. We should probably do this with a camera. Because I've got loads Maybe of... Maybe someday. I've got loads of cool Doctor Who stuff upstairs we can sort of put behind. Yeah, really well, like a proper nerd. Yeah, I need, I, need to have nerd a u- I need to have a use for it. But anyway. um, <laughs> Yeah, we've already argued against most of these. A lot of the talking points are the same I ones mean, over and over with the heavy-handed political correctness and I terrible just, acting and stuff. I think people are like miss... Casting might be a fair criticism. Bradley Walsh isn't a good actor, but you know. No, 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 no. He said he's saying. Bradley oh Walsh fuck! Is okay, okay, okay. Bradley, that's everyone's surprising. loved Bradley Walsh in this series. Really? Yeah, okay, that's he's been the star of the show. I, I can't remember who Art Malik is. Um, yeah, it's really like I don't. I'm I agree with a lot of this, but it's just I think people are looking for an explanation that easily f- explains why why they didn't enjoy the series as much as previous episodes. And they just grab for political propaganda, and I don't really think that's the reason why. The yeah, I, I agree. I think often people make up their mind about something and then look for reasons to justify their opinion. Mm. There's a term for it. There's like a psychological term for it, but I can't remember what it is. Mm. Anyway, um, I, mean, I still don't know why it's bad. Really, I've been trying to put my finger on it. I can't quite get it. Shall we? We think we've done most of the funny ones, haven't we? Yeah, I think personally we've got we've mined this vein dry. But yeah. it was a fun little segment. And yeah. it's 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 been a long fucking time. That's we fine. haven't even mentioned the Censorites yet. Yeah, we are watching the Censorites, if you stay tuned. Yeah. Maybe people will watch this and listen to this in two halves. That was us talking about uh, Series 11. Because we haven't... Because we recorded our previous episodes um, before Series 11 started, we haven't really had a good chance to discuss it. So hopefully we've got out a lot of our thoughts about it now. Our pent-up frustrations. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't. We I think we need it. We need uh, this podcast. We are going back to the past, but we've also got to keep up to date with what Doctor Who is doing currently. Yeah. So we had to mention it, and hopefully you found it enjoyable. But now we're going to take you on a t- journey through space and time, but mostly time to nineteen sixty four. Or space. We're going to the living room. Yes, to watch the Sensorites, a Doctor Who serial, um, and and I haven't seen it before. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. So let's let's go and watch it now. See you All guys right. later. See you guys in a minute. Well, two hours. Hello! And we're back from watching the Centerite. See, I put a lot of enthusiasm into that. Mm-hmm. Dominic's off cringed. I cringed, yeah. So, 
What do you think of it, Dominic? Um. Um. That's not exactly enthusiasm. <laughs> that's not well, glowing no, enthusiasm. No, 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 I didn't enjoy it that much, to be honest. Really? I actually really liked it, but that's just me. Um, so, um, so, so, I, well, to be honest, I was quite tired throughout, throughout a lot of it. We were both sleepy boys, weren't we? I, I'm a, quite a sleepy boy right now, yeah. to be honest. Um, and we had a little break, and then last episode I came back and I was more awake, and I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, we've got to take that into account, but even then, I don't think it was... I wasn't that enthused by it. I think the reason you enjoyed the last episode more was because the most happened. Like, I think the, the, uh, the last episode... Was if anything too fast paced with a lot of stuff having to get sort of crammed in. But yeah, I I, yeah, I, I know it seemed everything seemed to happen in the last episode. Really, there was no gradual, gradual mystery. You know, the mystery wasn't gradually unveiled. It all it was just being revealed in the last twenty minute episode. In the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, so I, I I so I've stated in previous episodes that I like I don't know how to describe it. Sort of mystery plots, but. Not mystery plots in theme. Mystery plots where something is... Something... There is a, a, an almost a puzzle that has to be worked yeah, out. Yeah, you like out. working out your puzzles. Don't yeah, you? I enjoy puzzles. I'm, okay? I'm more the sort to sort of just let the story, like, switch my brain off and let the story take me along. But you seem to like working out as you go along. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's one thing about me. So, you know BBC's Sherlock show? Yeah. That's one of the reasons I don't like it. Because I don't think it supplies satisfying puzzles. But it more has a puzzle theme. Does that make sense? Right. Uh, I'm not sure about the earliest. Definitely, you could say that about the last series, but the earlier series maybe you could work out. I can't. Really, I haven't watched it for a long years, for a long time, so I can't really comment. Uh, so, yeah, this one is a sort of puzzle. So, shall we go through the plot, and I'll get to the puzzle. Can you explain it? Because you probably know, understood it a bit more than me. So, um, the episode opens. It's a continuation. Hang on, I'm gonna get my. Sh- oh, I shouldn't have written on this. So the episode opens uh, how it ended the last episode. If you watched the last episode of the podcast, you'll remember that um, the Doctor, they've landed somewhere, but they're still moving. They're still in motion. Okay? And everyone's like, what, what is it? Well, obviously, they're on like... A sh- it could be a boat, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not like it's, that, that can happen on Earth. It, it isn't purely a space Earth. thing. Yeah. But um, immediately after, there was this cute little sort of opening soliloquy mm. where they discussed their history as a crew mm. and they went through how they've changed and yeah, how... what I will say about this this serial is there's a lot of character stuff it's a very because we're nearing the end of the first season it seems very reflective and by now the TARDIS are, are f- firmly a team by now and they, they're quite experienced at what they're doing it's a very reflective episode there's a lot about Susan talking about her home planet and kind of thinking she should belong somewhere and growing up as a person, you know, she's feeling she's growing up. There's a lot of character development in this one, a lot of exploration of the characters, which was really nice. Yeah, it's quite an introspective episode. Yeah, introspective, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, there's a... Um, there, I, I do think it's interesting to note Susan's longing for a, some sort of... some belonging. And, and that's, that would be will be fulfilled. Yeah, in a Dalek Nation of Earth. Yeah, so, yeah. sadly. And, yeah. yeah, so that's quite... I don't know, I, I thought it's that... It's nice that... Yeah, it is, it is really nice. So... Uh, they leave the TARDIS and they're on a spaceship, okay? Mm-hmm. And they find some people who they assume are dead because their hearts are stopped beating. Mm-hmm. But one of them, named Maitland, he just revives suddenly. Mm-hmm. And it's the worst. He's an awful actor, okay? I could have done a better job. And he's like, oh, I've come to, oh. Anyway, um, he asked to them to put this, like, heart sort of jump starter mm-hmm. on. 
the other crew members to yeah. wake him up. Because yeah. basically, they've been put into a sort of coma by these... Uh, some creature called the Sensorite, so you're not, like, shown. Mm. Um, in the end, Barbara and Susan... So, so basically, they've been kept there, they've been kept prisoner, and they have gaps in their memory where the Sensorites, they're keeping them alive, but they're um, interfering with their minds somehow. Yeah. Okay? They've got, like, psychic powers. Yeah. Anyway, Barbara and Susan get split up and trapped in a segment of the spaceship with uh, another guy called John, who's a psycho- uh, who is a member of the crew that's gone sort of psychotic due to yeah. the influences of these creatures. Yeah. So, um, they manage to rescue uh, Barbara and Susan uh, from from John, and they sort of manage to get him to sort of stabilise a bit. The locks of a TARDIS, while they're sort of interacting with the crew, is stolen by... Mm. By the Sensorites. Yeah. Anyway, so so as they sort of relax and sort of get to know the crew, they have a high-pitched shriek that marks the sort of arrival of the Sensorites. Mm. Um, one of the interesting things is, so during the initial first episode, okay, mm-hmm. the Sensorites are very intimidating. It's quite. You only a... see them in the first episode. You only see them at the end when he pops out through a window in space. Is he in floating in space? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's really creepy how it's revealed. The music's scary, it's very yeah, ambient. And this, but during... And it was a creepy... It was... I did, I really like the Sensorites costumes. I think the costume design is maybe the best one so far in the series. I mean, it's not got a lot of competition, but it's really, really good. It was really... We haven't really seen any. Apart from the, apart from the Daleks, we haven't really seen the any. The Um However, disappointingly, on the repeat segment, the sort of recap, yeah, you know what I mean? The at next the start episode. of the it's so much worse. It's seen more clearly. Yeah. The problem is when you see it clearly, it's a lot less... I don't the floors stick, stick out. I don't understand the point of reshooting the same scene for the start of the next episode. I don't get it. That's yeah, I don't get why at all. There might be some production reason behind it, but I don't know. And it's in the next episode, you see um, their feet for the first time, which yeah. are just the worst. They're I like... love their feet. I love them. They're like little spaceman feet. Like, so, well, I like that, because like, in, in, in uh, modern Doctor Who, if you get a humanoid alien villain they'll have like an alien mask on but then the rest of their body will be human so it's nice that somebody thought like maybe they should have alien feet like little hooves yeah they've got like little circular hooves they're very dumb I love anyway them. so um Ian Chesterton uh ends up confronting two centrites that arrive on the ship okay mm. I've got to say Ian Chesterton I never realised how attractive William <laughs> Russell was okay Elliot has a man crush I William kind Russell. of do he's so attractive during some of the scenes it's he, absolutely... he's good looking to be honest yeah no it's absolutely Quite Maddening. I'm, I'm. I can get you William Russell. You know he's he's still alive. He's still about. I can get you in contact with him if you like on Grinder. Set up a Grinder date with you and William Russell. Oh, thanks, man. I, I, I really set it, set it up to be honest. It was, it was supposed to be a, a surprise. Oh, dude, my... tonight. I'm, you know... I'm warning you though. He is. He's. I. You know. He's a bit of a. He's a bit of a animal. A, yeah, he's a bit of an animal. Anyway, so um, William Russell confronts his enterprise. He grabs. He grabs a. Um, like a wrench, okay? Like mm. like a big thing, okay? But in the end, they end up just like sort of backing him in and he keeps on walking backwards to like a They have kind of like a Mexican standoff, really. He's not really... They seem, they seem, they seem as scared of him as he's, as he's scared of them. Yeah, I do like that. They're not the most intimidating villains. No, I mean, that first they're presented as a villain and they're scary in that first episode when you see them for the first time. They, it's a creepy costume. They look like the face is fucking burnt up. They look like they got burnt. They're, they're the, the race of... Deformed pe- faces, people. Yeah. Um, but but then are they quickly? When you see how small they are, and they they quickly lose their status as villains, and they become kind of funny to look at. 
they're like they look like little gnomes really um yeah so they quickly in the second episode they quickly cease to become the antagonists and become kind of uh ooh, what are these aliens what are they? if they're not baddies then what are they actually yeah so about? they're defeated by the doctor notices how large the irises are yeah and um using sort of the sort of fizzy i'm sorry physiology of cats yeah sort of works out that perhaps they can't see at all well in dark mm. darkness. Mm. So they just turn the lights off and they sort of like have panic attacks because yeah. they're not used they're, to it. They're adorable, really. They're yeah. really pathetic. In the end, they agree to sort of accompany the Sensorites to the Sensphere, their planet, yeah, to um, it discuss out, it with their yeah, leader. Yeah, it turns out the Sensorites have been keeping this ship in stasis around the planet and not letting them leave. Because it's kind of, the plot of the episode is very much reminiscent of kind of like... I don't know, like the, the Native Americans, the plight of the Native American, because it's like um, the human, the the sensor rights are worried that the humans are going to go back to Earth and tell Earth about this precious metal that they they have on the sense sphere. And that was why John was sort of driven to madness, was because because of the, um... he was he was he was the one who discovered the metal. Yeah. But um, and so that's why. But the, the sensor rights are compassionate, and they don't want to kill them. They just don't want to, them to go home. And they've they've, they've created sort of a, an enclosed area for them to live. Yeah. That's one thing said at the start. Well, they can just live for the rest of their lives. Yeah, but but even so, you know, they, the humans can't be expected to live on the sense for the rest of their lives. So that's that that's how the episode starts. They go back to the sense fan and try and negotiate with the sensor rights. Um, sensor rights want to be left alone, and they don't want human colonists coming and s- stealing their metal. Um, so very much, very much. Very much a story of colonialism, really. Yeah, so, um, yeah, in the end, they accompany the sensor rights to, uh, back to the planet. And one thing I'll notice about the spaceship, I think it's a good time because we're sort of moving on from it. Oh, yeah. Is, um, uh, the, the little doors. Yeah, so, yeah, so the doors in the spaceship, they're activated by holding your hand in front of them, um, and that opens them. And Ian has to explain it in that episode, says, like, oh, it cuts off the, uh, cuts off the circuit, and that's how it opens the door. And I suppose in the 1960s that would have been science fiction, but and they, that's why they had to have a scene explaining how the door works. But now every single public toilet in the in the world has got these, uh, you know, has got dryers that activate by holding your hand underneath them, or you know, like. So um, that's just really interesting, a bit of accurate science fiction, really. Yeah, I, th- I think stuff like that's really interesting. Automatic door, they're automatic doors, basically, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, um, Barbara decides to stay on the spaceship almost like as a sensor rights insurance okay yeah and not because she was on holiday yeah they're not definitely not because Jacqueline Hill was on holiday anyway um they are sort of they meet the leader of a sensor rights who tells them that firstly they can fix John's madness yeah okay and secondly that the reason they sort of have a distrust of humans is due to an incident with humans years ago where some humans came to the planet and sort of tried to sort of harvest it for resources. Yeah, two for of them, this metal, really. Yeah, two of them tried to leave, okay, and uh, there were five people, and uh, the, the the spaceship with the two on uh, eventually crashed, presumably because there was a scuffle on board with yeah. the whole group. Yeah. And uh, since then, there's been a mysterious plague that's killing off the other sensorites. Mm. So um, the Doctor agrees to sort of assist in curing the uh, plague. And I was kind of reminded of the Native Americans then as well, because obviously when white people um, came to America, you know, 90% of the Native American population died because of the diseases we introduced. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, but it doesn't quite turn out like that in the end. But I keep... feel the mystery of the uh, illness is too quick. So 
basically, uh, it's immediately introduced that the elders of a society aren't getting sick. Yeah. Okay. And then, well, ten seconds later, the leader's like, oh, do you want to try the elders' specific water? Yeah. <laughs> it's and basically then, said, that's basically how it's described. It's yeah. just elders' specific water, and this is common yeah, yeah, water. Yeah, it's common water. water. And then Ian Russell... In real life, they don't describe like fine wines as... This is rich people wine. That's yeah. the equivalent of yeah. what they're saying. And this is Tesco Valley wine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, and then Ian Russell's like, I'll try the poor people <laughs> water. Yeah. And then he immediately uh, kills over the illness. Like, oh, like, I wonder, I wonder, no I wonder what... Yeah, I wonder what made him sick. Oh, so that mystery sort of... So that's how the doctor pretty instantly finds out that the illness is actually poison and the water supply. Yeah, so personally, if I was them, I would have spaced out those that a bit more, those incidents. Yeah, you could have, yeah. Like, maybe better 15 minutes part, it would have made it more mysterious and yeah. actually possibly might not have realised. People and would have forgotten about the water that Ian drank. Yeah, probably. and I think with one of the mysteries, hmm. okay, that's the main mystery in this episode, that's how it happened. Yeah. Because it was seeded about three episodes earlier, mm. and that's really good because if you're observant and you may have worked it out yeah. Dominic didn't but again I he's didn't. not the type I'm, that tries the type he's a he's chill, chill type chill but um type. anyway so after the doctor comes up with an antidote next he needs to work out how to um, cure it and that's eventually traced to one of the aqueducts where sort of some sort of poison has been placed mm. and uh yeah, it's killing people and meanwhile um a- another of the uh, sort of elders of the sense rights is trying to basically usurp the f- the throne not really throne leadership position and uh but because he dislikes the humans okay? yeah and this is this is where like um uh this is kind of where my boredom came in it reminded me a lot of the aztecs which was last week's serial um so in, in the aztecs it's about the doctor and the tardis crew coming to the civilization and some members of the civilization the leadership of the civilization of the civilization accept accepts them and the TARDIS accepts that the reforms that the TARDIS crew bring, um, but then there's always this one guy in the one guy who d- distrusts them and tries to Machia- in a Machiavellian <coughs> manner mess everything up. And so it's basically the same plot happens in this one. You've got your rich the third character that I met, you know, that I mentioned in the Aztecs. You've got him. He doesn't trust the Doctor and the rest of the humans and thinks they're trying to do an evil plan to mess everything up. And so he tries to. Um, tries to mess things up for them. It did seem like the same plot all over again. Because in the Aztecs, they were, the, the TARDIS crew were trying to get rid of human sacrifice. Um, and in this one, the TARDIS crew were trying to, um, uh, well, basically um, help these humans get back to get back to Earth, really, and stop the Sensorites from keeping them hostage. So it's, I think it is basically the same plot all over again. I think that's just made me really bored. Yeah, I sort of agree in that way. I found the sort of political intrigue with the assassination attempts and stuff on them and sort of the attempts to poison the other sense rights against them is quite sort of overdone. Mm. However, I found the sort of o- other mystery to it really satisfying. Right, sort of... so this is the mystery that the mystery at the end then seems to have won it over for you. Yes, yeah, so, so we'll get to that because we'll yeah. sort of speed up. So the political injury stuff for the next like, three episodes isn't injury. There's kidnappings, there's other stuff, there's attempts to save Ian because uh, he's got poisoned by mm. this... Um, this stuff uh it basically leads to the... that's so, that's sort of solved super quickly yeah, yeah recovery. It is. it's 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 solved in dialogue we don't even i don't even think we see it on scene susan says i had to go all the way to the laboratory to get a cure yeah it's like a five minute walk because like the yeah because the cure gets um misdirected uh, the evil guy makes it so that he, he takes the cure and stops ian from getting it but then 
in like the next episode, Susan just offhandedly said, yeah, we didn't receive the cure, so I just went to the lab and got it myself, you know. And there, there are a few instances of that, of when of when uh, a, a, uh, an episode in the plot is solved really quickly, just offhandedly, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so the sort of the it reaches climax when they explore the aqueduct to try and find the source of the poison, mm. and they uh, believe there is some sort of mo- uh, the sensorites believe there's some, they can't go down there because of the darkness they can't see, and, the and also the they, loud noises they hear. They're is, not good with noise, yeah, which makes them even more pathetic and adorable because yeah. they just shout at them and they they clutch their ears and go, "Oh, stop that, please!" Because they believe that some sort of monster in the aqueduct, yeah. and it's eventually revealed to be the people. Who survived the um who survived um because three of them didn't get on the ship okay? yeah and they believe in it's 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 all it's obviously inspired by those like world war Two stories of japanese yeah japanese soldiers so yeah they still believe they're in a war with the sensor no, rights so to make that clear these are the um these are the people these were the humans who came down like five or ten years ago yeah. uh to try and get the and the metal, been, the precious stuff from the sensorites. Yeah, and they've been poisoning the water because they really believe they're still at war with yeah, them. Yeah, they've been uh, hiding down there in the aqueduct ever since. Uh, and yeah, so that's revealed really nicely. I just like how it was seeded throughout and it was possible to work out and it made sense. I, know, even, I did notice it, to be fair. Like, I don't really pay much attention to these mysteries, but I, I did... I, I knew it was going to be relevant. Yeah, I, I know, did. yeah. And even from the beginning, like, this highly civilised sensorite society believe they're, like, fairy tale monsters. Yeah, I thought that was the, a bit weird. They are down in the... In the... In the... In the... In the aqueduct, aqueduct. Yeah. Like, that didn't seem... That didn't fit. Because uh, I thought, like, if they were... If they were, like, yet, like, kind of, like, abominable... Like, I don't know, like, giant monster... Or, like, giant... Like, like, literal monsters, then they wouldn't call them monsters. They'd have a name for them. Like, yeah. they, there would be... Wildlife. Like, yeah, there'd be a name for them. Like, for, oh, down there, that's where the aqueduct bears live. <laughs> they, or they, they would, you know, they would be... They would have specific names for the species that live down there. Because that's how... They wouldn't just have... If they're rumours of monsters... If they're, if they're referring to them as monsters, then they must only be rumours. Mm. And, and so... They must not really know who they are down there, and so that just add that there was mystery in that in in that in the aqueduct from the very beginning. So there there were all these subtle clues throughout, that kind of, kind of yeah, it, it is it, it was a good mystery. That was a good mystery, and that I think that's what was won it over for you. Yeah, no, I do. That's, that's the main reason I won it over. I don't think it's like the best episode of all time, but I. You know, I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I quite liked it. I mean, I did enjoy the last episode the most. I don't know. Partly, of course, that's because we had a break, and um, yeah, and I was I was more awake for watching it. Um, but overall, like, I'm not taking much from this episode, and uh, it did it did feel a lot like. Uh... Oh, do you want to finish explaining the plot before we go over? All that? That's basically the end. It basically resolves from there. The I know. Men another, in the, another... the aqueduct men are captured. It sort of comes to a. Like, you know what I mean? It sort of resolved very quickly. The mysteries, as you said, the mysteries rushed in the Mm. last episode. And uh, as I said before, like, episodes of the plot, like, events in the plot are are resolved and just thrown up with throwaway lines of dialogue. Like, um, like the, um, thing with Ian and the, the, uh, uh, the cure. And also, they find out about the bad sense, right? Um, at the end, I'm not really sure how, because of the map? Well, it was an interesting thing, the map, the fact that weapons were sabotaged. Yeah, but how does that lead directly to the bad sensor, right? I don't think that was really explained, to be honest. It wasn't. It was just a hand throw it over. He was the main antagonist throughout the whole thing. Mm. He was, like, 
chief asshole of the of the show. He was like Richard the Third in the last episode. We yeah, never, he was. We never got that final confrontation with him. He never really appears again. It's just mentioned offhandedly that the map somehow links them back to him, so they can get rid of him. Um, and there was a, there was one more. I can't really think of it. There was one more line, um, one more throwaway line like that. I can't like. I can't bring it to mind, but you know, they're, they're peppered throughout this episode, there have been a lot of these throwaway lines that just quickly and unsatisfactorily sort out um, conundrums in the plot, so that's quite dissatisfying. But yeah, so uh, once they figure out the mystery, they capture these humans who are living in the aqueduct and poisoning the water, and um, yeah, they're, they're imprisoned by the sensorites, and so the Doctor, and in return, the Sensorites give the Doctor the key to the TARDIS back and let the humans go back to Earth. Um, it's not really explored, like, the reason the, the Sensorites were stopping the humans going back to Earth, Earth is that they they didn't want um, the humans from take, going back to Earth and telling everyone about the resources, but then, uh, just because they helped them, that doesn't change that. Like, they're still going back to Earth. I think, it's cause, I think it's because from... they argued that their trust was earned, but at the same time, uh, you could argue that it's almost like a service. Like just because because there's incentive to the help, it doesn't really show anything about their character. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I sort of understand what the guy was the writer uh, Newman was going for with that. To be honest. But I know, but like that guy called John, who who was really he was the one who was really interested in getting the the precious metal from the sense from the sense sphere. That he they they sent him on his merry way back to Earth. There's no scene where he says, I'm going to change my ways. I'm not going to steal from these people anymore because they're not decent chaps. Yeah. And there was that one scene where he says that he's not going to do space travel anymore. He's just going to go home and settle down with um, his fiancée. But that's nothing to do with the main plot. That's just an offhanded remark about his relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And because the only reason he says that is because in the next scene, his fiancée gets kidnapped. But, um, um, yeah, I would have been... That's never really resolved because now I don't know that. Now I'm thinking he's going to go back, and even if he doesn't, even if he just settle down and he's not going to go back to the sense sphere, and like harvest it of its precious metals and colonize it, he still he still might mention it offhandedly to like one of his mates that there's all this metal up there. It doesn't solve anything in the long run. Like it short solves the short term problem, but the whole episode begins with one premise. Like this is the problem. The problem is that the sensorites don't want. White people, I mean humans, coming down to their planet and taking their resources. Um, but then the episode ends ends by solving a different problem, and that's the sense rights were being poisoned, and now they're not being poisoned anymore. Like you start with one one problem and you finish solving it, a completely different one. That wasn't the same as the original problem. You see what I mean? Yeah, I get you. That's not good writing. That's not. Funny. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Is there anything more you've got to say about the narrative, or should we just move on to just... Uh... Can we talk about the music? That's exactly why I wanted to talk about <laughs> that. The music so, is literally, I can't, is literally the same... Dun, dun, dun. After every shocking moment, it kind of becomes... And the rest of it is pretty much silence. It's literally... Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it's awful. It's the worst one so far. The uh, worst music so far in Doctor Who. Dominic said that we should have had like a counter... Of each a tally of each time we heard that 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 sound. Dun, dun, dun. I thought it was going to be Captain Stockman again. I thought it was going to be yeah. stock music, but it wasn't. It was Norman. No, Kay. stock music's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> so Norman Kay also seemed to have done the music for um, uh, Keys of Marinus. That's where we we've sort of heard him before. Also, uh, an unearthly child. 
did so, a better job in those previous ones. Oh, well, I don't remember. I, we didn't really like the music for those episodes. No, though, I remember. Seriously. I remember the keys of Marinus, and I remember we said we liked the like the snow music, the music in the snow, the like this, the little theremin music. We like that. Yeah, here's the thing. Okay, is it the fact that so? I would say that perhaps it's a, uh, it would be a good idea just to use stock music rather than having like a composer. But, Shitty composer. Yeah, but the thing is, like, perhaps the only reason we like the stock music was because of uh, Richard Martin and Frank Cox's like implementation of the music. Yeah, well, it... I I think if 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 you if it, if you have like a good director of a of a TV show, mm. he'll be able to choose very good music, even if it's stock music. He'll be able to find something. You know what I mean? Even if it's not created for your show, you can find better know, implementation but, of the then, music. Okay, so maybe you shouldn't be critical. I know, but you compose music. I assume you compose music to a... If it's made for this, if it's not stock music and it's made for this, then Norman Kay would have been composing the music for, for this serial. as it, like He would have had the script. He would have known what which... You know, he would have been composing it for this. Yeah, but it costs more. So, so, so... A lot of the songs and shit in this serial were reused several times because they were paying a lot of money to have the music composed. Whereas if they got cheap stock music, they could probably acquire more tracks right, right. I and thought implement yeah, it I in more places. I thought you were places. defending Norman Kay and saying no, that was no. the editor's fault or something. No, no, no. Yeah, okay, so I get what you're saying. You're saying that they shouldn't have hired him in the first place if he was just going to... If they didn't have the money to... Yeah, to get good songs that they could implement well, so they have to reuse them infinitely. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's the case, or maybe Norman Kay was just just couldn't. He was just like, oh fuck, when am I going to get a real job? I was a classical composer before this, and I'm writing music for Doctor Who, and he just did the same three notes over and over again. It was just used ad nauseum, to be honest. Like it was just the same thing. It was. I was laughable the first time it came up, anyway. Yeah, for the he, first time I giggled. I laughed the first time, and then it just got. Oh, it was like a joke that went sound. Yeah, I know. Really yeah, quickly. I mean, no, no. It was that. It was. It became more and more comical every time. I mean, it became just frustrating. Yeah. Because it ruined the dramatic moments. <sighs> anyway. We got that out of our, out of our Yeah, system. I honestly just wanted to rant about that. Um, what else should we talk about? So I've talked about the costumes. Sensor sensor rights look cool. I love them. Um, they're not really a threat, um, but they're not really meant to be. I at the start I was kind of like, oh, these guys are pathetic. They're not scary at all. But they don't. They're not really supposed to be a threat, to be honest. You could say the episode doesn't really have many stakes, I guess, because there's no like, there's no. Yeah, there were no cows in it at all. Huh? What? Doesn't matter. That, that's a pun. It's gonna go over what? your head. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Listen to what it again. Listen to it again. Say 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 it again. I said there were no cows in that episode at all. What does that have to do with a steak? <laughs> oh fuck you! <laughs> You're fired from this podcast. I'm getting someone uh, else. I'm getting someone funny. Fucking hell! Someone funny. I love how I dig a while to dawn. Um, I think of like wooden steaks. Yeah. So. Did do you think Daphne Dare did a good job with costumes? Yeah. Do you like the um, monster design? They're all right, I thought. What? You mean the sensorites? Yeah. What do you mean? Um, yeah, I love, I love, yeah, I love them. Love the sensorites. I think they're really good. I think they don't, they don't look. Um, I mean, you could say they were cheesy in their little like moon outfits, but the, the way they looked facially, they looked kind of realistic. They looked kind of deformed. If I was a little kid, I probably would have been a bit scared by them, to be honest. They didn't look like cheesy sci-fi villain, you know. Like, in, even in Doctor Who today, look at Tim Shaw. Look at fucking Tim Shaw. Mm. Like, they look better than Tim Shaw. Jesus. 
Aliens yeah. don't look like scary blue man, like with eyes and like green eyes. They probably in real life, if the aliens do exist, they probably look more like the sensorites, just like us, but with like mangled faces. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't the best in the series, but it was better. The Vord, at least. I forgot about the Vord. Yeah. Yeah, the... the Vord were just men in swimming costumes, to be honest. Yeah, like wetsuits and shit. And with in- posh English accents, so they were barely scary at all. I um, thought the episode of Rollo sort of bland shot composition, I'm not going to lie. Uh, shots. Yeah, there wasn't anything that really stood out. No, I, I think... Apart from that one shot when you see the Vord through the window. But that's more to do with the costume. Yeah, design. I think it's more to do with the music and costume design. Yeah. So Norman McKay did a good job then. Yeah, well done for that little bit. But um, uh, wasn't there a shot where you saw out the TARDIS doors at the start? I like stuff like that. Stuff I, that creates I don't remember a, that. Uh, stuff that creates a better, better connection between... Um, I know, but I don't remember it. Yeah. I think one of the things that Classic suffers from, and I think I've stated this in a previous episode, yeah. is that it almost just seems like sets because you never see any connection between them. But when you see this like tangible connection between them, it really adds to that sort of sense of realism. I mean, you realism. see Ian like, walk through all the corridors of this spaceship, don't you? Yeah, but they're never like... It's never like a tracking shot. It never follows oh, in between them. I just remembered something. Remember, in, on, is it in episode one or two? Um, Barbara and Ian are walking through the spaceship, and the, the wall of the spaceship is basically like it's this piece of cardboard, and it's basically yeah. like falling apart. I expected a sensor right to burst, like open that door, because it was so obvious. I thought it was part. I really hundred percent believe it was part of the plot. I expected the sensor right to open it like a door and come through it, because it was wobbling so much. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Did you like the set design though? I thought the set design was pretty good. Apart from that, it was all right. It was a nice. Yeah, it was all right. Apart from that, I liked the sensor rights little. I mean, it was pretty. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I think. No, I think there were some shots, especially out. I think there were some bits where you could see the outside of the sense sensor right, sensor right um, sensor sense there. You could see the outside of it, mm. like their the city. I think there were some shots like that. I could be mistaken, like. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite good. Oh, fair enough. That was a good shot when the spaceship was flying away. I like that. Awful, probably <laughs> stock is the worst part. Uh, yeah. Um, there was, but not so much when you saw those two beams flying through space. I didn't really know what they were. Apparently, they were sensitive. Yeah, yeah, the spaceship's coming to pick them up, and it they was like two like weird. Beans. Yeah, two weird beans just flying towards the. I had to ask. It wasn't flying towards her, like the, the lens. Moving. It was flying like to the right. A bit weird. Yeah. What about the acting and things? You already mentioned that one chap. Yeah, that the yeah the acting was all right. Like it was a little like, bit hammy, but all Doctor Who acting is. I like that that girl. I can't remember her name. Carol. One. Um, I liked in that first episode. She did a lot to deliver the tension. Like in the way she seemed really really scared. Mm. She was, uh, yeah, she was really, really. She was the one to carry the tension. Yeah, she was. John was a bit. Oh, John, when he, in his mad state, which is really overacting. Yeah, honest. but he was a bit really annoying. Whenever he came on screen, I was kind of annoyed by him, to be honest. But as soon as that sort of madness spell was over, yeah, then he was fine. Yeah, it was fine. He actually did he was a pretty good job. I, I liked his romance with that girl. It was yeah, yeah, cute. it was kind of endearing. I was, like... I was worried when she got kidnapped. Yeah, in the episode "Kidnap," and the kidnap is literally the cliffhanger. Yeah. So. There's no kidnap till the very end. It's yeah. kind of pointless. Um, but and talking about cliffhangers. Not yet, Elliot. Oh, not yet. Okay, you just stamped stamped me down there. We'll get there. We'll get there at some point. But um, what was I saying? Oh, totally out of my train of thought now, Elliot. You've ruined everything. Yeah, I kind You've of ruined sorry. the podcast. Yeah, I like their little romance. And I think yeah, she did a lot to deliver tension in that first episode when when they were hurtling towards the planet. The only re- 
the reason I was concerned is because of her acting, really. That I was fully invested just because of her acting. William Hartnell has done a fabulous job. Well, William Hartnell, the stand cast is always good. When I'm saying acting, I'm mainly critiquing yeah. the extras. Like, sorry, like the, the people for that episode. Um, yeah, yeah, of course, the standard cast are good. We should still never neglect to mention them, though. You're right, I should acknowledge William, them. William, uh, you know, and I, uh, yeah, and we should keep, just keep saying that, like, uh, you know, I'm really, I don't know about you, I'm really attached to these characters. Super attached to them. I love them. Like, I love little Ian, who's always going on, he's, he's the hero. He's, he's always gagging on. for a fight, grabbing his, <laughs> yeah. grabbing his rent trade to hit an alien. He, he's a violent, violent man. Yeah, he is. He's genuinely, <laughs> he's probably going to be done for thug. assault when he is about to... He's got his bloodlust now. He wants. He's got. He's got the. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's. Ki- now he's had the thrill of murdering. Now he's had the thrill There's of taking one life. Seen, he wants like, another. Reason like we've seen Sarah Jane Smith so many times, but we've never seen Ian again. It's because he's incarcerated. Yeah, genuinely, he's, he's in prison. <laughs> he's probably been he's, hanged actually. Considering he's, he's, get, he's, he's getting fifteen to twenty-five. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's never going to get you. You see a picture, of, you know that picture of Charles Manson, like there's an old man with like swastika. Yeah, yeah. That's Ian. It's Ian Chesterton, yeah, 2018, 2019. Parole. But um, uh, yeah, Doctor always has this great monologues, great dialogue with the Doctor. Like there's a, you know, they're writing good things for William Hartnell to say. Like what, a lot of wisdom comes out of the Doctor's mouth. I think vaguely in the serial before this, it's been a lot more of a team effort. It's been. A lot more of um, of just the group b- being in a bit of like not in the keys of Marinus, like Arbitan says, "Please help me save my civilization." And then the TARDIS crew are like, "Lol, no!" And they walk back to the TARDIS, and they have to be literally forced to save the civilization. But it seems to be that modern, the modern Doctor Who we know today about the Doctor being a hero who comes and saves people, it seems to start be starting in, dimly to emerge. Because the Doctor has very, has very much been the hero in this serial, I think. I've he's been, he's been. I mean, Ian's a hero as well. They're all heroes. Susan as well. She, you know, a lot of people criticise Susan these these days by saying she was just a screamer. She was, she wasn't a very strong female character. But in this episode, she is she part of a character story, and she's trying to, trying to, um, trying to have an influence and trying to sort the situation out herself. There is a nice moment with the Doctor and Susan and. Um, and uh, and the, the doctor's like, yeah, I know you want to sort of spread your wings. And this point, the point is, like, she's she even she's being stronger as a character, more heroic in this. And the doctor especially is being more heroic. He's like more like in control of the situation. He's like, as soon as he gets there, he he knows what he's supposed to do, and he knows he's what what he's going to help these people. I mean, there is even a bit like in the when when in the keys of Marinus um when someone asked them asked the doctor to help them the doctor says no and they go back to the tardis in this in when when the humans ask the doctor to help them the doctor makes a joke and he says like me i never meddle in time and space sarcastically and then he he knows from the beginning he's there to help them and i it's still dim and it's still it's still very dim and it's still um we're still not quite there yet it's still more about them just having fun traveling through time and space than it is about them being heroes. Um, I'm so I'm don't don't take it too literally, but you just I'm just think there's a there's the very dim dim glimmer of what what's to come. The Doctor is more this serial is more Doctor centric um, than the previous ones. I think. I admit I disagree. I still feel that the Doctor does his sort of heroic actions out of necessity rather than sort of a any anything that's. Sort I'm not of saying that necessarily. Altruistic. I'm not saying. Don't take it too literally. I'm just saying it's becoming. 
I'm not saying he's becoming uh, just he's more maybe protagonist is a better word to use than hero I guess mm. like he's the actor basically yeah he takes more of an active role in the yes. event happening like in the previous episodes uh, Ian was sort of the mm. he still is in this one yeah but I, I, and I think maybe this is because this this is more suited to the Doctor in previous episodes Ian the previous episodes have been more um, regarding you know being physical action yeah he need, they need the muscle but they this one the they needed doc- for Doctor's but, intelligence yeah and this one they needed the Doctor's intelligence which is nice because you know it's, it's nice when um, each character has something to offer in mm. this one you can clearly see. yeah I think that's the reason in this one they needed the Doctor's intelligence intelligence more than they needed Ian's brute strength yeah I still don't think Susan offers much like she did... Barbara offers a little bit more uh, than Susan obviously still. but I'm just I'm glad that they had that bit when Susan was trying to yeah they've tried to characterise her a bit more do you think I mean I'm not Susan? 100% against Susan being like a frightened character anyway um I I know that Carol Ann Ford that's the reason she left because her character got too pathetic I don't like pathetic characters but like you need someone to make it scary like that that girl like that with the blonde hair when the spaceship was crashed she was screaming and that made it scary. That made me invested. Mm. I'm not. I'm not against having a, a character that's more scared than the others. Yeah, I just think a character sort of nothing. They contribute nothing to a show, really. Because they've got another character that fills the same role, which is Barbara, who also has sort of developed a bit more and become a bit more. Barbara's not a screamer. She's not. She's an incapable woman. Uh, yeah, you're kind of right. I think she yeah, screamed she's, a few times, but she's, at the same she's time, pretty when they're confronted by the sort of she psych- was a fucking Aztec goddess in the last episode, Elliot. She's super capable. When they're confronted, I'm by... always saying, Jodie Whittaker holds Jacqueline Hill's beer. That's what I've always been saying throughout this series. Yeah, when um, uh, when when Barbara's confronted by the psychotic John, I have to admit. She's like double the height of him. Yeah, so you it's just not knee scary. him in the face. It's like Susan Barbara, and Barbara. You punch the shit out of those brains and she's <laughs> yeah. like my, my classic anus. episode. So, uh, classic. So what, what, why are you scared of this one dude? Just it wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a threat. That's a criticism. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm glad that Susan had this had this. I, I, I am I'm fond of all the characters, including Susan. Um, I'm not like mass. I'm, I'm, I don't, yeah, she's, she's a likeable character. I like the, mo- there's a lot of, like, nice moments in this between our, our main characters. Like, I can't, I can't remember, but Jack, um, Barbara and Susan, they, 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 they joke around a lot, and they had this, I, I can't remember what they said exactly, they had this nice, friendly moment between themselves. Obviously, Susan and Ian, when Ian was sick, um, all the characters, they're really good friends now, like, there was a scene where they had their arms around each other, I, I'm really fond of this, of all these characters, I love them all. They're lovely. Yeah, I think that I, I really did appreciate the sort of bonding scene at the start that shows how they've grown of characters. Yeah, and I th- considering how they started. Yeah. I did think at the end, it's very odd that... Um, so, so so the episode, the final sort of... After the main narrative's ending, sort of the bridge to the next serial, is that Ian mildly criticises the Doctor's flying abilities of the TARDIS. Um, the Doctor gets really angry and is like, oh, I'll just throw you out the next place we land. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, that doesn't ring ring with like what we've just seen. We've just seen yeah. them now with their friends now. I thought the Doctor was going to make another joke, like, and he was just pretending to be grumpy, but no, he was genuinely angry. Yeah, it's, it's a bit odd. It's yeah. a bit, that was a bit out of place. I mean, you could say... His character doctor, sort of regresses, in a way. You could say that the Doctor will always be a, grump, a bit grumpy. The first Doctor will be, anyway. Like You could say that, that that's still a part of his character. Mm. Um, but it still felt like... You know, Still, I guess we'll see how it's resolved in the next serial. 
I know. Yeah, it felt a bit awkward. Like that's not it's threatening to abandon your friend in the next place you arrive in isn't just friendly banter. To be honest, that's not just a grumpy thing you say. It's, to someone. It, it ain't just banter. It, yeah, it's the same doctor we saw in the Edge of Destruction. We threatened to. Yeah, especially after he threatened to throw them into the deep void of space. That's not a subject you should be bringing up again. Yeah, really, say you should, that's yeah. a very sensitive issue. <laughs> so I think that can be our asshole doctor moment of the week. Oh yeah, but we've got to do that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good one. Oh, uh, so should we move on to our like weekly segment? Well, our special week. It's not really a weekly segment. That's just we thought we would upload these every week, but it hasn't been that at all. It's been more like every two months. Yeah, but, two uh, monthly every two monthly segment. Yeah, sure. So we've got a few. We've got well, exactly. We've, a few. we've built up a few over the. We years. have got okay. We've got our best episode name of the week. Yeah, title of the week. Cliffhanger of the week. And B movie moments. Yeah, B movie moments. Yeah, that's Dominic's that's baby. My it's yeah, my, so it's my brain Should we go through the episode name of the week? So we've got six choices. Mm. We've got Strangers in Space, mm. The Unwilling Warriors, Hidden Danger, A Race Against Death, Kidnap, or A Desperate Venture. A Race Against Death. It sounds so like a. Uh, that's a B movie title. That's shit though. It, like when when usually people usually say A Race Against Time. So you expect it to be a race against time, but then it's a race against death. Yeah, this is no, really yeah. shocking. Um, Strangers in Space, The Unwilling Warriors. What's that? The Unwilling Warriors? I yeah, guess I unwilling. don't know who were The Unwilling Warriors. Sensor rights and Ian. They're all, the unwill- they're all unwilling. Well, they weren't unwilling because they did it. They were willing to do it. They Maybe they didn't really the want to, though. Yeah, I sort of get you. Hidden I think A Desperate Venture is the best title, but it's not really... I'm not That's in... an awful one. Jesus I'm not passionate what is about it? that. A desperate venture about what? what yeah, I don't know, but they're Shit. all bad. It's not going like, to un... be kidnap, is it? Like, that's the worst. The un... the unwilling warriors. I think it's a good one. A race, a, a race against death. What even? What even yeah, that's honestly, that? honestly, that the person who wrote that should probably be shot. Like, we should probably just stop. <laughs> Kidnap, as you said, like the kidnap happens in the last five seconds of the entire episode. It's a bit of yeah. a misleading title. Um, it should be more plodding around. Yeah, if something was like some creepy guy who only watched TV, watches TV when it's about kidnapping people, he would have tuned in in it's, 1964 just to watch the episode and have been very disappointed. That was the longest episode, but like a minute as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it had more content than any other. Yet they couldn't think of a name except by taking the last, you know, few yeah, seconds. Lazy. So either the Unwilling Warriors or Race Against Death because it's B movie potential. I like the Unwilling Warriors. Something poetic about it. Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, sure, I will. Well, I can't. I don't have much. I don't have much passion in it. It's not like I'm gonna. If I was another really good title, I might debate it with you. But the Emily really Warriors are probably my second favorite. We haven't really had a good title since uh, the Velvet Web. Thank we? you. I was gonna say. Hopefully, you remembered which is the best title. Velvet Web was a great one. So talking about the B moviness, what are your favorite B movie moments? Um, the classic is the duh sound effect. Oh, which that, has to... The B movie, the difference between the B movie moments in this one and the B movie moments in previous ones, is that the B movie ones in the previous episodes we've watched have been fun. The B movie moments in this one, they were B movie moments for sure, but they were just, they were, just, they made just made, they just made you go, ugh. They yeah. Were the bad sort of, they were like boring B movie moments, not fun B movie moments. Yeah, it's more cliche like, and played out. Yeah, like like the dun dun dun, and mm. also. Oh, uh, also, um, John when he was mad and always staring off into the camera. That was yeah. Pretty, that was pretty, just made me feel sick when everyone was on screen. Um, 
uh, the, that guy's acting. That guy's acting. You didn't like his acting. That was kind of B movie ish. Um, there were all this. There was a fun. There, I mean, the the costumes of the sensorites were pretty fun and B movie. They're little moon men costumes. They were adorable. How little little moon men. I like them. Um, I got. I'm not the best picking up B movie moments. Yeah, this is more no your thing. This is my. Yeah, you've got your. You've got this. This all. You've got the feeling of the B moviness. You know. Mm. I don't. I don't have this power. There were more. I just can't really think of them. Generally, yeah, though it wasn't great for B movie moments. The B movie moments they did have were quite, quite um, boring. Yeah. Oh, but there was that one bit when um, one of the sensorites out of the blue. He's been really quiet throughout all, all of the episodes. But in the last episode, he suddenly goes on like a evil genius tirade. Like he, he just suddenly out of nowhere, this evil genius emerges, and he goes on a speech saying like. Human racist speech, basically, where it says human beings will be destroyed everywhere I encounter them, and, and his voice changes to become more evil. Like, human beings will be destroyed, and it's out of nowhere, and then, uh, and then he gets taken out by Ian or something. I can't quite remember. That was a good one. Um, so, shall we do cliffhanger of the week? Yeah. Shall we do? Oh, so that's depressing. So what? I was opening my Doctor Who book, and so it said the writer killed himself in the late sixties. This is oh, sad. Fuck. I feel, I feel bad for... We've been, we've been <laughs> yeah. shitting all over this episode yeah, for yeah. the last two hours. Yeah, or not really. Or hour, about an hour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, the cliffhanger of the week. So, so um, let's go through the cliffhangers. So, the first cliffhanger is, I'm pretty sure it's the one that's going to win our cliffhanger of the week, where the, the creepy one, where the, you first see the sensor right peeking through one. the spaceship. It's already one. Should we go through the rest? Or do you <laughs> we, wanna... just, just go through them if you All want. right, we'll just, just show face. Second okay. one is... Oh, Susan's like, I'll go with you, Centerites, and the door shuts, and she's being taken Not by the Centerite. Oh, the third one is Ian drinks the poor people water and <laughs> collapses. Tesco value wine. Four is the Doctor goes into the cave and aqueduct and he gets attacked by a monster in the dark. The fifth one is... Carol's kidnapped. Oh no! In the last five few, seconds. You only saw that. We, yeah, I know. It's so quick. You kind of like, what, 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 what just happened? Yeah. And so, we, we, it reminded me of like a couple of uh, weeks ago when we watched the Keys of Marinus and Susan got kidnapped. Like you always, that's it. Kind of loses its power because of that. I think. Maybe yeah. What's the next one? Six one is old space traveling and the doctor's like doctors and doctor gets angry the doctor gets angry about absolutely he, he gets questioned and no one questions his authority he's, he's he, such a fucking he rules with an iron fist male, the doctor he? rules yeah. with an iron fist you know There's this, there was that one scene in 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 the sense rights when barbara's like asked telling him something and then and, and and she's kind of hesitant about what he's telling her to do and then the doctor says do what i say and yeah. then she just go, goes and does it Women were, women were more like that in the 60s, the good old days, am I right? You can just say, go, do what I say, and then yeah, just he's go very, and do it he's very, I don't describe it, possessive of Susan this episode. Um, well, yeah, but that's the theme of the episode, Susan. Yeah, up. Susan's sort of grew. She doesn't really... It would be nice if they sort of cemented that by having her do something that sort of proves her independence, but she doesn't really... She does. What does she that do? whole thing. She tries to negotiate peace with the Centerites. Yeah, but she doesn't achieve anything. It's mainly the Doctor that does something. No, she I know, could have she, been... No, but that was, the, that was kind of the point. Like, she was... She was... It, the point isn't that she was successful. It's, like, she, nobody gets anything first time. Like, the point wasn't that she was successful. It's that she tried, and she was trying to spread her wings. And 
she wasn't this time she wasn't you know she wasn't doing the right thing as it turned out but um but um you know the point is that she tried and that's kind of I sorry it's yeah at the same time her, I don't know I, I don't know even if that was intentional the doctor was very much like follow my orders oh, that's just his character just yeah his character. I sort of get you anyway so that's the cliffhangers of the week is the first one without question yeah without question it's very very obvious it was the only really good cliffhanger mm-hmm. all the rest were kind of shit is it? There was one more thing I was gonna. Just a sec. You reminded me of something. I can't even remember what it was because you went on your tirade about Susan. It made me forget. Mm. Oh yeah, there was a lot of. Um, it was this one was interesting. It was very retrospective, as we've already said, mm. and it was very much. Um, in this episode, we've got more of the Doctor and Susan's backstory than we ever have before. Yes, we had the first description of Gallifrey, the planet we yeah. lived on, yeah, with an sil- orange sky and silver trees. Mm, and that was very, very beautiful. Um, but and we've also got. Um, um, yeah, and they talk about their adventures um, yes, before, they, before they met. They Ian did a Su- retro. I've Barbara. written this down. They retrospectively sort of, they talk about the fact they went to a planet called Estos with telepathic plants, mm. and and I think that's interesting. Um, firstly, a sort of a canon prior, okay. Yeah. And also another example is the Doctor telling a story about Henry VIII who he yeah. met, and it's interesting. Okay, he lists six adventures they've gone on. Okay. Yeah. And then one adventure they hadn't gone on together, yeah. which sort of implies they hadn't been travelling for very long. I feel. No, no, because he said he said in the Henry Henry the Eighth anecdote he said, oh, but that was long before you came here. Yeah, I know, but why only mention those seven Pacific ones then? I don't know. Because they were the most recent ones. He's. I. But I he hasn't travelled for a while. No, they're the most recent ones. You, yeah. you would have, when you're talking about your life, you tend to only talk about things that happened to you recently. Yeah, but at the same time, why is the why is the Henry the Eighth one mixed in then? I just don't get it. Because it, it's put. He's thought, oh, this is something I haven't told them before. That that whatever your 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 little theory that you're coming up with here, it's not. What Hang they on, don't pa- don't say don't patronise me and go my little theory. It's not what they intended because what the doctor says as clear as day says that was long before. Yeah, you no, I agree. Up. I agree. That means it's, they've been travelling for a long time. But I agree. But if you mention the six times you've gone travelling with them, I mean, slip that it sort of implies. Perhaps that's those... not. You got to admit what? that's not their intention, though. They, the, what? the writers just the writer. You know, the writers couldn't mention like a string of adventures that they've never been on before because the audience would get confused. They but why do to, they slip in one then? Just to show that the doctor's been doing this for a long time before they met them. I don't know. I still think it applies as if they've been on a small number of adventures than you'd imagine. No, I got the complete opposite end from mm-hmm. that and said that they've been. I was surprised by how many adventures they've been on without without them. Because what like, do you mean one? They've only won the Henry VIII. And then they mentioned the Estos thing. Also, sorry, so I'll go back to that in a sec, but I think they should bring Estos back. That would be a cool, like... I, get, I didn't really cool get back. that bit from... What was it, Estos? Telepathic plants. There's a planet oh. with telepathic plants on. Yeah, they should, they should re, like, reincorporate and that. And Susan, Susan gets magical telepathic powers from the atmosphere of the Sensphere, doesn't she, in this episode? Yeah. I also think it was nice they seeded the fact that she wanted to settle down so early. Yes. You know, there's like four more serials until we get back to that bit. Until we... Until we I don't even... Yeah, until that actually happens. Spoiler yeah. alert. And the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Uh, this could, you could watch this episode, this serial, and then watch the Dalek Invasion of Earth straight after. It would be nice. Yeah, no, it would be very... Shall we go to final scores? So, oh yeah, I think it's time to talk about final scores. What did you think of it? Um, I didn't really like it, as I said. I um, especially because we, I mean, yeah, it was pretty similar to the last serial, the Aztecs. Um, just seemed like the Aztecs in space. Really, I was kind of bored by all the politics of it because I'd just seen a load of politics with the Aztecs. Um, 
Yeah, just I was just kind of bored, really. Not much fun I got out of it. I think I'm probably going to give it a six. I kind of want to give it a seven just because it's such a good last episode. But, but that was rushed. You know, but, but but at the same time, there is a lot. There is some sort of filler in the middle. You're giving it a six. Oh, it's not really filler. I don't feel it's padded. I just feel the stuff no, in the middle. No, it's not. The stuff like, in the middle is just uninteresting compared it's to the not end. Like the Daleks, Daleks. yeah. That's say, our it's... go-to example. Yeah. The Daleks is an example of bad, bad writing. Mm. When you have to... Or even in an earthly child, when you just get the, the companions captured and then released and captured and released. There was none of that. It all worked together very smoothly in this. Like, everything happened for a reason. Even Jacqueline Hill going on holiday, that worked in the end because that's what tipped them off to um, the fake letter in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that actually I... worked. They, they linked that into the story So, really so, so well. basically, there was a fake... Uh, Carol's kidnapped in the episode Kidnap. Yeah. And um, she's forced to write a letter that says she's gone to the spaceship. But Barbara has come down from the spaceship and says they didn't cross paths in transit, mm. implying the fact that the letter is faked. Yeah. And I, I think really that's nice, cool. That, really, that it, was, it was tied really together. Intelligent, yeah. Mm. Um, so, no, it wasn't... It wasn't... It, made, it was, yeah, intelligently made... I just didn't get much f- fun out of it, I guess. There was that funny moment with uh, the Doctor and Ian in the, in the caves, and the Doctor's really excited about, about all his, his measurements and his, and you know, his measuring things and you know, doing a peer-reviewed test of the aqueduct. And then, meanwhile, Ian's just staring there because there's a caveman holding a spear right in front of him. Yeah. And that, that was just an hilarious moment. Um, but apart from that, I didn't really get much fun out of this. It just felt repetitive. And I think you have to... You could just say, well, well, don't watch the Aztecs then. Watch this on its own. But you have to take that into into context because I'm trying to get... Because they were released one after the other. That's what's important about this. This is a Doctor Who marathon. We're not watching them on their own. We're watching them with prior knowledge. I just imagine sense? being in the 1960s and, and watching the Aztecs and thinking, yeah, it's a nice little serial. Lasted a few weeks of my life. I want something different now. Because a few weeks of your life is a long time. And then and then and then you just watch this and it takes up a cut six more weeks of your life, and it's this exact same thing. And I I think I'd be even if I was watching this in the sixties over a course of weeks, I'd be even more frustrated with this episode. Then I yeah. think I'm going to give it a five. Really? Maybe even less. Maybe a four because I didn't really. Didn't Jeez, like it. that's tanking it. I I I. Here's the thing. Okay. I. I, I think I'm going to give it a seven. I really did like Fuck it. Off. You're just doing that to even out. My no, 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 it's not. Because I said this before. It's either a six or a seven. And you know with Edge of Destruction, which I said narrowly got an eight, mm. I think this narrowly gets a seven. So if we were doing points, which we're not, okay, mm-hmm. or like, you know, in another decimal place, mm. I'd say it was a 7.0. 7.0, so it narrowly gets a seven. It like skims the level of enjoyment to get a um, seven. Okay. And it's some cool. Oh, should I? No, you're... it's worse than Edge of Destruction by a bit. That's the thing. Edge of Destruction. You loved Edge of Destruction. Yeah, I know. I didn't. Should've... You gave Edge of Destruction a seven. Didn't yeah, you? no eight. You gave it an eight. Yeah. Uh, well... Should this? Should this? I don't know. If I think this deserves to be within one of Edge of Destruction. Mm. But I did enjoy it. Edge of Destruction is King of the Who, man. You've got the very the worthy. It's a very. Well, you just think this is how I always think about five is completely average. Yeah. Six is good. Just generally good, like solid. Yeah. Seven is really good. So it's really good. Seven really saying. good. Oh, but I liked it. What what's made me actually happy? Mm. What 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 would you say if something makes me happy? Would that be a six or a seven? Like actual happy. Depends how happy. You know what I mean. Like, a mild buzz. 
mild buzz is about a six, I'd say. Depends how excited you were over that. But last it was, I'd say six was like, yeah, that was worth it. Seven is like, that's an emotion I felt. Oh, fair enough. I'm gonna go seven. It actually made me feel something. You were, seven. you were very, you were very excited over that last episode. You, you basically tried. You were really excited to tell me the. Uh, yeah, I was so excited. I love that mystery. It's just cool. I like it. Yeah, you were so excited. So I think it probably deserves a seven from you. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I, I think your five is completely fair. I understand. Oh, five. Fully. Sorry, I'm thinking about giving it a four. Oh no! Don't break my heart. I love it. I'm very tempted to. It's give like it. you're I'm... beating my child. It's like, what can I do? I'm, I'm very tempted to give it a five because I did enjoy. I enjoyed watching it with you. I enjoyed what? watching it with you. Oh, just because it's with me. No, not really. Oh, okay. I'd prefer to watch it with, like, I don't know. William Russell. Insert generic celebrity name here. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, William Russell. That can be a good idea for our next date. Oh, um, dude, we should do. We should invite William Russell on as a guest. We could do that. We could, maybe. We'll, we'll tweet him. We'll just tweet We're him. We're watching all his episodes. Yeah. We say William that... Russell, come on, hit us up, man. And then and then his, like, agent, if he's still acting after all these years. Yeah. It's really good... Chance to engage with the youth. He comes along and he watches it with us, and he hears our vulgarities and our swearing and our homoerotic references. Probably, to his character. Well, he's probably quite old now, so he's probably like voting Tory and saying racial slurs. You know, what I mean, he'd probably be okay with what we're saying. He'd probably start complaining about like the about the Jewish influence. Yeah, the yeah, and al- yeah, 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 and also like the political correctness gone mad from yeah. the newest episodes. Um, I'm really, I enjoyed watching it with you. This is the, th- but did I though? I think. I'm sorry, like- sorry, I did enjoy it. But did I? Yeah, we might just because we've been we were having a laugh, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, that might bring it up to a five, just average. But then, I think five, five then. But five is it? You wasn't really worth your time. If you got some enjoyment from it at all, should it should be a six? Um, but that was more from you. That was more from you earlier. Oh, firstly, that's very sweet. Okay, um, if you think a five's good, then that's a, that's a, that's I'm a. Still four. That four is up there. Four is up there because I did. It did kind of feel like I wasted my time. <laughs> did it? Well, I could have been watching the Aztecs again. <laughs> I didn't like the Aztecs that much, but it would have been. You could have watched it one and a half more times. Oh, five, five or four. I, I think uh, I'll be generous. I'll give it a five. All right, so twelve. So Edge of Destruction is still our king of the who. Uh, Edge of Destruction is fifteen, isn't it? Yeah. So twelve. How does that rank up? Um. Probably like within Earthy Child or something. Yeah, it matches the Nerfy Child. Yeah. Worse than the Daleks. I mean, better than the Daleks, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, so the point is, it's alright. It's, it's, we should... I, I should write it down. We should make a note of it. We should have like a... We should read out the top five or something. Oh yeah, I have been writing it down. Perhaps oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, that's smart. Well, next time actually bring your fucking document and be prepared and we can do yeah. it. Um, anyway, so next week, do you know what episode it is? The Reign of Terror. It is, yeah. It's a... The last of the first series. First season. Yeah, it's a six-parter. Okay, I think. But interestingly, some of the episodes are missing. I think two or three of them. Right. So that's going to throw a spanner into the world. Yeah. So what we're going to do is this, or I'm going to do is this. I'm going to watch all six using the animated episodes for context, but mm. they're not going to uh, contribute to the review. So, so if one of the animated episodes is amazing, that doesn't matter. I I used to be. I remember we had an argument about this in one of the yes. previous episodes. I used to be more against you on this, mm. um, because I because I you know I do enjoy the animated episodes. I'm proud of. It's not the best animation, to be honest. It's, it's pretty, pretty shit. shit, yeah. Well, it's pretty cheap animation. But, I mean, at least it exists now, and it's not just, like, audio stuff. Mm. Um, so I, I'm just I'm glad that, you know, that, that they made it in the first place. But then, the, the, and but you, what you were saying then about, um, uh, you know, like... But I, I don't know. Like I, so, so I was a bit against you at first, but then I watched clips from the original The Power of the Daleks, like the remain surviving clips. Mm. And... 
what looked really cool in the animated segment where like your Dalek production line being made and like hundreds of Daleks in a room together mm. looks shit in the original footage where it's hundreds hundreds of cardboard cut out I Daleks I love the together. original footage it's amazing uh, how dare really you? shitty production line of little toy Daleks do you get me across. now then I do 100% get you okay okay yeah. yeah thank you okay. I, I'm not sure we're really going to have to take this into account somehow I might be disqualified from the Winning the no, I think the they should be allowed in, but we're reviewing the episodes that survive. Yeah, yeah, like, sure, like, sure. like, like, but that, I mean, like the ones where we reach fully animated. Episodes. Oh yeah, we'll I think still they watch should. them. Yeah, I, I will we watch them. To. We'll actually watch them. I think. Yeah. I don't think we should do a full review of them. Do you think we should? Maybe. Uh, yeah, we should. Okay, I thought they could be like with um, whatever it's called with the Marco Polo. We, Marco we, we will. We will, we will. Um, we will probably be restricted in our reviewing by taking that into account. So um, we just have to review the story, I guess, and not really review the direction or anything. Yeah. Um, or, other... or review the animation, actually see how they did, uh, you know, see what how good a job they did in the animation, because some of the animation's pretty shit. Yeah, um, I so... have to admit, the animation isn't that good. Yeah. Are we going to do Sharda? It's like a flash, it's literally flash animation. It's really yeah, it bad. does, it does actually look like one. Are we going to do Sharda? I watched Sharda recently, I, the, the most recent adaption, I fucking loved it. I can lend it to you. It's awesome. It's brilliant. I've never watched it's it. It's set in Cambridge, Elliot. Yeah, that's where, I know. That's where we're based. Oh my god! It is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I, my, I gave it to my dad, and and he he, he watched it, and he went out on his bike to all the locations. That's, that he that's saw really it in. cute. Yeah, he went to the like. There's a and there's an alleyway scene, and the doctor's like being attacked by a robot in an alleyway in Cambridge, and my dad went to the exact alleyway. Really? He thought like Tom Baker was having a fight here 40 years ago. That's really the cool. robot. Well, and one thing that's like, oh, sorry, it's completely unrelated, but I want to talk about it. So Trial of a Time Lord, mm. okay, four serials, okay, mm. in four production blocks. Right. But one title. Oh, right. I think we should do it in one giant six-hour marathon episode where we do recordings between each part. And by the end, we're just mentally and emotionally That'd drained. Be fun. We're just destroyed. I think that's half the fun of doing a marathon, to be honest, is that yeah. is the ridiculousness of it. Uh, we've got like 55 years to get through. It's going to be amazing. We'll have grey hairs by the time we finish. Yeah, no, genuinely. We probably... That's half the fun of it, to, though, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's the, the complete self nihilistic self-destruction and, and like the and being engulfed by your own nerdiness. Yeah, it's pretty, to be honest, kind of mental what we're doing. I believe, though... At times it may be tough, and this episode has lasted two hours and just about the sensor rights. I think we'll see it through, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see it through to the absolute end. Yeah. It's got weird when people listen through this in the future. Okay. We'll be we we'll, we we'll, will be it's famous gonna, in the future. It's going to be about a week of their life, more than a week of their yeah. life, two weeks of their life invested in this podcast. But think of how many weeks it is for us just to make it. Yeah, even, even more, more weeks for edit it. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that's kind of horrifying. How much? How, <laughs> how many much? How many years? Probably yeah. a year of our life is probably going to be spent on this altogether. Yeah. I'm glad at least we have our dedicated, loyal seven viewers. To, <laughs> yeah. To stand by us. We'll there. build them up. Yeah. Anyway, it was lovely to watch the Center Right, and we'll see you. I'm not going to say next week. Next ten months. Yeah, next ten months. See you soon. Bye.